Yes, hi, hello, welcome back to Gooncast, where we watch a bunch of stupid shit and then talk about it with people and shit or whatever. I don't fucking care. Hey, I'm Saber, James, <laughs> and you know, once again, people. Hi, everybody. I'm People. No, I'm I'm Cat, aka the Attack Cat. Uh, and yeah, we actually have some good things to talk about, but let's turn it over to my other people. Oh yeah, my name's Lee. I'm an alcoholic. Oh wait, shit, wrong meeting. Uh, what's going on? It's your boy Lee Alder, the Valley Jester, um, horror and fantasy enthusiast, and uh, we've got some we got some interesting uh, interesting statements to make today about the state of technology in our country. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned for our deep fill uh, our, our our deep insight on this issue. Yeah, but, yeah. But first, yeah, first we we got a brand new guest. Yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Hecate. I'm a local uh, technology expert here, also to talk deeply and philosophically about the state of technology in oh, our country. Thanks. So, Hell yeah. very excited to be on the cast. Hell yeah. Uh, he- Hecate has been mentioned several times before uh, because we talk about JoJo's a lot. We talk about a lot of stuff with Hecate. Hecate joins us for a lot of uh, watch parties. But uh, finally, we were like, just fucking just come on the podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Brave the waters. There's yeah. no yeah. more running. Yeah. yeah, and look on the bright side. Your your first episode is not trash like it was with Ghoul Guts. Go- yeah, Go- I, these, I'm Go- really Guts excited actually for all of these. Yeah. At, yeah. Least, at this point, making Ghoul Guts suffer is like an yeah. Olympic event for us. Yeah, he's he's not allowed to see something good and talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, occasionally we let him, but we also make him yeah. watch garbage like Conjuring yeah. Three yeah. and Spiral mm-hmm. and Fear mm-hmm. Street <laughs> and Bye Bye Man. It- it, and in fairness to us, it's not like we actively tried to make him watch terrible stuff. It's just the stuff that we're like, hey, we're excited to see this with you, ends up being terrible. <laughs> it's, his, it's his stand power. He just attracts really <laughs> shitty films. You know, it's it's also funny that you mentioned that, because the other day, Gold Guts was talking to me, and he was like, yeah, so I found, my girlfriend found this really, really terrible movie, and she wants you to watch it. And I was like, why? And it's like, mm-hmm. because you've subjected us to all sorts of terrible shit, like Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> And I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't tell yes, you to correct. watch Texas Chainsaw. You saw it before I did. And he's like, oh, oh, oh really? Oh, I'm going to have to correct the situation with my girlfriend. <laughs> what's, what's the movie she wants us to watch, though? I don't remember. I'm going to have to look it up because okay. because it was it was something he said it's something really, really terrible. And Amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll suffer for Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure he's on. So he suffers with us. <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about? We're talking about um, how technology develops and the movies we make around that. So we're talk, we've got we're talking history. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got some fun movies uh, to talk about here. In 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 that regard, they're kind of kind of very loosely connected. Very loosely. Uh, the first one is one that like we we had plans to see originally very soon afterwards because we were big fans of at least the writer's previous work. Um, but then, you know, life happened. We had to put it on the back burner. But I had been so excited, I already rented the movie. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch it with my husband. And we watched it, and I was like, man, do I have thoughts. And I don't want to spoil them for anybody here. Uh, so the first movie we all watched together was Mithrigan. <laughs> uh, good old Mithrigan. Better than Matugan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, what did, what did y'all... So I mean, as as context, obviously we here at the Gooncast, big old malignant fans. Oh God, um, we 
We yeah. we fuck with James Wan like eighty percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Akella Cooper is the the writer behind Malignant, both the script for Malignant and the yeah. script for Mithrigan. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not I'm not really a hundred percent sure how we want to kick this off. I guess we can give a very brief like, what is Mithrigan about? It's child's play, to... but with 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 a real it, doll. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Jesus. the child's play remake, but not as ass. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely not as bad as the child's play remake. I d I don't know no. if uh Lee or Hecate you've seen the child's play remake, but Kat and I saw that in theaters. Uh we wanted to go sure in with did. an open mind because it was like yeah. some people were liking it and it's like Mark Hamill is voicing Chucky. That that's yes. a solid casting choice right there. Absolutely. Bear McCreary was doing the score. Yeah, and then we watched the movie, and it was it was it was it was fucking dog water, dude. There were some there were some creative kills, but yeah. that was basically it. Yeah, like the, all like all the movie had going for it. Everything else around it was like, why is this even a Chucky movie? Yeah. I don't understand. the The whole point is that the doll has the personality of an IRL serial killer, not that he's just a malfunctioning doll. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so Mithrigan is basically a malfunctioning doll or a malfunctioning AI, but because it's like, it's a new IP, it's not, you know, I don't know, it just, the movie shouldn't have been Chucky, it should have been Mithrigan. I, <laughs> so well, now, hold on, now, now, hold on, what if, what if Mithrigan was voiced by Brad Dorif? Oh, 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 man, oh. <laughs> ten, 10 out of 10 right there, I would have liked the movie a lot more. Okay, oh, yeah. fantastic. I mean, Brad oh, Dorif yeah. is, is, is fucking, even when he's in garbage, he fucking kills it. Criminally so, underrated actor. Yeah. He's real good. He's real good. Um, yeah, so Me Megan is is a new movie going in the the child's play vein of toy that has come to life and goes on what should be a killing spree. Uh, cool. I'll elaborate more on that a little later. Um, and it's it's trying to play a lot with the idea that we dip into quite a bit of you know how far can we go with technology before it becomes a problem and. You know, a little bit of the, the Skynet formula. and <sighs> Megan did not, in my opinion, what I'll, bro what, what I'll start our topic with here is Megan suffers from a gigantic identity crisis mm -hmm. of it does not know whether or not it's wanting to commit to the idea of being in the vein of child's play or, you know, maybe more of the films that... Um, that James Wan and Akilah Cooper are known for. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't know whether it wants to commit to that idea or be more of like a slower atmospheric, like dare I say, maybe even thought provoking kind of piece. Y yes. Cause they could have gone further in that direction too. Like if they mm -hmm. wanted to kind of like pull back on the horror and maybe play more into like the idea of psychological independence between Megan and, um, uh, and the the child that she uh, what was the Katie. the phrase they use for um how they like attune to each other oh primary user primary user yeah. yeah so maybe they could have played more with the emotional like you know uh attachment they, there yeah and they touch on it in like really interesting ways but they don't like not interesting enough you know what I mean like where they kind of start they kind of start to get into the, like is she a replacement parent or not like what are we trying to even do here. But they kind of 
again, like you said, it has an identity crisis where it just like it doesn't want to commit to either. It's like, oh, but we have to let's do the campy doll murders first. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, so everyone's up to speed. If you have not seen any trailers or anything, anything for Mithrigan, um, the story centers around a young girl named Katie, who's played by Violet McGraw, whose parents are killed in a car accident, and she's put in the care of her aunt Gemma. Uh, played by Allison Williams from Get Out, who um, is another case of one of those actors who's just probably bringing way more to this than they should. <laughs> um, and they have a very troubled, uh, troubled relationship. You know, Katie's traumatized from the death of her parents in the accident, and Gemma does not know how the fuck to child. So <laughs> she's she's a woman of her job. She's she's a developer for a um, a very uh, influential toy company who is like on the verge of making their next big release but she's she's working on something behind the scenes she's working on a powerful learning android because if you work for a toy company that's got like fuck off bezos money you bet your ass you're making cyborgs (laughs) and so megan is developed and she is she's meant to be that robotic companion that every kid needs when they're at that like that phase of their youth when they feel like nobody wants to be their friend that they're not understood and so Megan is kind of like a perfect fill in for someone like Katie who's going through trauma and doesn't have the people that she loves anymore uh and it's also a convenient way for Gemma to fuck off her responsibilities of raising this child that she said she was going to raise <laughs> and um we we start to get a little bit of the atmospheric slow burn. Something about Megan's not quite right. And we start to go into a lot of the tropey, you know, eyes shifting when the doll is shut down kind of, you know, mm-hmm. shenanigans. Um, but again, I feel like there's kind of like the tonal crisis that we're that we're experiencing with this is is this trying that hard to be a horror movie and when you've got a living breathing sadistic doll don't you want to be as campy as possible mm-hmm. so yeah i i found myself just very confused with what the movie was trying to deliver same yeah. it, it 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 has a lot of ideas and it seems to just kind of scratch the surface level on those ideas and even though elements of the film kind of try to take their time certain elements feel rushed or even contrived i think like Mm -hmm. the very first violent sequence with 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 the dog uh it felt very the 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 situation that led up to it just felt very contrived for me just because it's like Mm -hmm. okay yeah you have this next door neighbor she owns a dog and there's a hole in the fence and they keep establishing that the dog uh like Keeps going on on Gemma's property, and Gemma's not too happy about that. And mm-hmm. the neighbor's like, "Why don't you fix the hole in the fence?" And me sitting there as a dog owner is like, "Why don't you fix the hole in the fence? Mm-hmm. Because you're a dog owner, and mm-hmm. the last thing you want is your dog getting out and getting hit by a fucking car, or mm-hmm. attacked by a coyote, or mm-hmm. getting lost, or anything." So it's like or getting murdered by an android. <laughs> yeah. So like. I mean, like, sure, they, they want to do, like, the animal murder thing, because that's what horror movies do, but it's like, mm-hmm. you could have set it up differently, like, I don't know, maybe there is, maybe the dog is a fence jumper, because that is a thing that can happen, 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, and maybe the ball or, or toy or whatever, it went over the fence and Megan climbs over the fence and, and Katie climbs over the fence after Megan and that triggers the thing. And then that can be very much a, oh, it's provoked as opposed to there's this fucking hole in the fence. Yeah. I I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities for Megan to act out on these like expected violent uh, urges. I don't want to say urges because it's not like a, a thing of passion that way, but mm-hmm. there would have been more opportunities for Megan to do things like that in a more unique way because of her relationship to Katie. So like, yeah. okay, hole in the fence. We're all seeing it coming. Yep, the dog is going to get like pulled through the fence with a musical violin stinger, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, no. Why not the uh, the dog gets spared and, like, the woman gets pulled through and then, like, you know, Megan uses the hole in the fence to, like, you know, decapitate her or something. <laughs> and you spare the dog because Megan wants to keep, teach Katie a valuable lesson about responsibility <laughs> and yep. what it means to take another living being's life in your hands. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. was irresponsible as a dog owner. And then you're also kind of like working a creepy angle of like maybe Megan's talking about how she takes care of Katie. Mm-hmm. So just like I don't know, you could have done some more interesting shit than yeah. just kill the dog. Yes. I mean, yes, I'm I'm always going to be looking for opportunities to not have animals in movies just be killed off for shock value. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, do it for comedic value. Shoot the cat in the Boondock Saints. Okay. Oh my gosh. But. I don't know. It, it it needed to go deeper, damn it. Yeah, it's 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 kind of the same thing. Like even though like the bully's death scene was was fun, the bully felt ripped out of a Stephen King novel for how just immediately bullyish oh, he was. Oh, please. Oh, talk yeah. talk about talk about the kid who went to the yeah who went to the King School for Bullying in Maine. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, it, his death was... I mean, we watched the unrated version, too, so, like, keep in mind, there's there's a PG-13 version of this cut. Uh, and uh, the handful of gory moments are fun, although they're, like, not as fun as they could have been. So I, I can only imagine how tame the PG-13 version was. Yeah. I So I ended up watching, because uh, when it first came out, only the PG-13 version was available. So I've watched both, and... Mm. Um, and also, apparently, um, Akala Cooper has posted on Twitter about, like, that the studio basically had them take out a lot of scenes in the script that were much bloodier and, you know, more gruesome. So, and, and that just kind of, you know, brings me to, like, why? Because I watched this movie and, like, you know, one of the big things that you're expecting from a killer doll movie is creative killer doll murders. Mm-hmm. And instead, like, they're all very bloodless very tame very you know like even even watching the unrated version with you guys i was like this isn't that much more extreme than the what than the version i saw like i think the 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 dog owner's face melts a little bit more and like uh you don't even get any any you know any more shot of the kid there might be a little bit more blood for the elevator scene but like I think it's like the age-old problem of movie studios going, we want more money, so let's release it as PG-13. Like, Mm -hmm. all those PG-13 slasher movies that that were coming out in, like, the the, the early to mid-2000s, where it's just like, that's not why people go to see a slasher movie. Like, not saying that PG-13 horror can't work, because there's plenty of great PG-13 horror movies. But certain genres 
you don't like that would be trying to make like a zombie movie that's PG thirteen. You go to a zombie movie for the zombie gore. Yeah. Right? Like you don't you go to a killer doll movie because you want to see a killer doll. You mm-hmm. want to see fucking creative slasher kills. And I, I mentioned this to uh to Hecate before because I watched I watched Megan and then I ended up watching a a romantic comedy that released on uh Amazon Prime like shortly after. I think it was I think it's called Shotgun Wedding. It's the like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh and they had more graphic kills <laughs> in in the romantic comedy I watched than in Megan. Beautiful. Some guy gets like sucked into a helicopter and like pureed, basically. That's what Megan like, needs. Megan needed a helicopter. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just just all of a sudden like a propeller comes out of her head and just starts yeah. slicing people up. <laughs> I think Why they... not? <laughs> Like there were a couple of, of of I feel like there was a lot of wasted potential for Megan's like not just her sadism as this like uh, detached android AI thing, but also like her ability to plan and do things that no human can do. They're, like the mm. one kind of interesting thing was like, oh, like she's she punctures this gas canister. Like I almost wanted her to set up these like fucked up Rube Goldberg machines. Oh shit. Where it's like yes. you know, she does like the, the, the Sherlock Holmes thing where she's like and like connects all the dots and then like the people step on the thing and it does the thing and the thing flies across the room and like decapitates like she could have been smarter you know to her at all it's just like yeah yeah. there was just this thing set up whoever you know like they they left that rake there and that you know pesticide there that's how they got her brain yeah there's some yeah there's some good opportunities there like the the dog owner's on the ground and like begging for mercy and megan's looming over her and then megan goes like just hold on one second and has to like pull up google in her head and look up (laughs) if a certain chemical will melt human flesh yeah 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 Yeah. no that's that's yeah all right we're gonna start writing mephorgan there is a Mithrigan 2.0, I think. Yeah, and I, I I don't like the title already. The fact that it's 2.0, like fucking stick the four as the A. God damn it, you yeah, fucking cowards! Come on, do it. Yeah, it's all it's all I want. It's all I want. God damn it. Um, but let's see. Uh, I personally was um. Yeah, I wanted it to go either either more more camp or or more serious because I liked I liked the things they were touching on with Gemma and Katie's relationship. I liked yeah. how that started to like evolve or to get poked at. Um, and but yeah, there there wasn't really enough to chew on, and which was a little bit I think disappointing uh, from the writer of *Malignant*. I still think like she delivered a compelling script. It just wasn't as off the wall as I had hoped. Yeah. Um, because also like you know back on back on, and this was not directed by James Wan. Also, I think he might have had some hand in like the money for it or something he, like that. He helped write but, it and produced it. Yeah. Yeah. But the director yeah. was Gerard uh, Johnstone. Yeah. So like he has, he, he does have some, you know, he, he does have his fingers in it a little bit, but you know, the thing I loved about Malignant was that he fucking got my letters about like, Oh my God, please make another dead silence. <laughs> like that's all I want. Right. Yeah. And it's like, so you like, you already did the, sort of doll murder thing even though it was like murder puppets instead but it's just like yeah just just go further with that or you know 
I don't know. There's, I feel like there's so many more creative things you could have done with AI. Yeah. It just like didn't. And, you know, maybe this is also part of the whole, like that AI kind of has exploded on the scene recent in recent months. So maybe, you know, the stuff that the stuff that I'm seeing now and being like, Oh God, she, she could have done this and this and this is like stuff that they weren't really considering when they were writing this movie. Cause mm-hmm. they wrote it before that happened. So it might just be a matter of like, not quite timed correctly kind of thing, right? But but at the same time, it's just like, you know, I mean, I personally, I really loved, like, Megan's mannerisms. Like, every time she was on the screen, I was having fun. Yes, the, the young lady that played Megan was mm-hmm. so good at emulating that, like, that perfect uh-huh. middle ground of like, oh, God, it's obviously not a living thing, but yeah. it moves just organically yeah. enough that exactly. I fucking hate it. The, like, exactly. the only I her voice, it was very like it was very Glados. It was very Megan, Megan got around a big hurdle that I feel like we need to acknowledge, which is it didn't uh, from like the character did not fall into that uncanny valley territory mm-hmm. of like. That, like looking at you is really unnerving and pulling me out of the experience. Like it mm-hmm. looked just fucking it wasn't real that, enough. It wasn't that Twilight baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, I yeah. never got pulled out of the movie by like, oh God, there's just something really like improperly done with that, with that fucking robot. The, no, it worked. I, I, I love every scene that she's in except for one. And I don't blame the actress. I just blame the, the either the direction or the writing and that's just her interpretive <laughs> dance before murdering the executive yeah, yeah when she starts doing squidward's dance yeah because it, it just felt time. way too intentionally meme up and the movie hadn't been that up until that point i mean we did get megan skittering around on the ground all creepy like which was great but like that dance, I was like, fuck off, man. Come on. Yeah, Megan bear crawling through the woods is one thing. Yeah. Megan yeah. doing a full 180 baby is yeah. not what we needed. Yeah, oh, that God. was that was just really... Like, I, I wanted the movie to be more malignant, and I wanted... I missed James mm-hmm. Wan's direction. And the times yeah. when it kind of got into malignant territory, it was great. But, mm-hmm. like, again, that, that dance scene just really felt like fucking... Let's appeal to the TikTok crowd and get memes I mean, for like reactions. Or yeah, whatever. It, it, it felt like it felt like the the trailer shot, which it was. It was. Yeah, that was one hundred percent how they sold the fucking movie. And, and so and many, like, so many people were excited to see it because of that stupid dance if, shot if, in the trailer. If the entire movie did that, like I don't know, she fucking yeah. In, yeah. angry dances in front of everybody she's about to murder. Okay, <laughs> I could be. Oh my god! Yeah, I could be, be on. But the fact that it's like a one and done thing, I'm like, all right, you fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm I'm now pissed off that Megan never once T posed to a certain. Oh, audience. that would have been great. Just just imagine her angry dancing in front of the dog, and the dog yeah. gets pissed off and runs out <laughs> oh of the fe- you know runs through the fence. That's so, how she that, pisses that off the dog. Amazing. I mean, they they like they kind of hinted a little bit at the like, oh, she's. She's a she's a child's doll. She's like a little girl plaything. So she does little girl things like sing songs for her for you know her primary user. So it's like they could have incorporated that more. It felt weird that it was like that one dance scene and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's maybe what they were trying to go for is just like it's it's 
what would a girl doll do? And then it's just like, she's going to dance, but also she's going to murder you. Yeah. I, I just do more of it or not at all. God damn it. TikTok I, to, I, I, post, tic, post to TikTok to assert dominance. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Can she has imagine? a share button. Yeah. Yes. See, can you imagine the, the viral, the viral marketing that they could have done for Megan? If it was just like, Fuck. there were like six different dance scenes and they're just posting like, 30 second TikToks of Megan dancing and that's that's all of their trailers. Yeah. Oh, that's see, that's brilliant. Yeah, this like opportunity. The, oh my god. I mean, yeah, we 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 keep we keep we keep bringing up Malignant and Malignant I adore so much. If you have not listened to our episode on Malignant, please go back and listen to it. We absolutely cherish this film. Well, hold on, hold it, on. We're all biased towards Malignant. Hecate just saw it recently. Hecate, uh-huh. do you agree that Malignant is oh, like the greatest? Oh, that movie fucked. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that movie was absolutely <laughs> incredible. There. Um, yeah. You mean, have a new person I... telling you to watch Malignant. <laughs> Go watch Malignant. It's it's stunning. And then listen to the podcast episode on it. But my God, yes. it is it yeah. it knows what it wants to do and it nails it and it's mm-hmm. mm, delicious. Yeah, just a, just I... a delightful fucking romp. Since since this isn't. Our episode on Malignant, I don't want to give away the third act in this episode, but mm-hmm. it has a bonkers, literally, you, can, you can't see this shit coming third act mm-hmm. that goes absolutely off the rails. It, and that's what Megan, I felt, was building up to. Yes, yep. yes. Because yes. We're, we're, and, we're building up to this big product reveal. It's, it's the third act. And they're going to show off Megan for the first time to the public. And there's a big room of people getting together, but it's not mm-hmm. big enough. And douchebag David, who's the head of yeah. like the R&D department, R- is like, Chang. no. Yeah. He's like, we need to get more people in here, damn it. Get some chairs mm-hmm. and pull some other people in here. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm nodding at my monitor uh-huh. going, yeah, get some yep. more victims in this room. <laughs> Megan's going <laughs> to fuck these people up. And it's going to be like... It's going to be broadcast on TV because it's this big product live stream. Mm -hmm. So like Megan murdering this room of people is going to be splashed on the internet. Like that's where we're going in the third act. Nope. Nope. She dances and kills two dudes with uh, a Tesla. Yeah. With a blade for like cutting paper. Yeah. And then gets in a Tesla and drives (laughs) off. Yeah. And And then the, the ultimate climax is, is, you know, kind of, what it should have been, right? Like, I don't, I don't feel like the end of the movie was inappropriate. No, because it wasn't. ultimately, ultimately, the thing they were building to was that it was this conflict between who who Katie's caregiver should have been, which was you know her now mother figure, former aunt, you know, like like who just didn't want the job, and this AI she built to like shirk her responsibilities, and and Katie kind of coming to if effectively overthrowing her 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 ai to to say like no i actually do need to get better and not just like yeah you know um that's what it should have been but we did need that like nice juicy third act opener of just megan destroying everyone <laughs> yeah yeah and one and that, that's what it felt like it was setting up to too yeah like if that that felt like such a setup and then it was just kind of like you know you get you get one of the like actors or people they hired off the street to fill the crowds screaming and then the, all of them screaming seeing the bloody elevator and that's it <laughs> yeah i i also wish we had a little bit more set up with bruce i know they they did the whole checkoff scum thing at the start where they introduced the bruce robot 
and then mm-hmm. they didn't t- discuss it again until the end. But I think oh, like, maybe yeah, like Bruce. one I more forgot. scene uh, in the middle could have like mm. helped establish that just a little bit better outside of just, hey, mm-hmm. I have this other robot that I somehow built in college, even though it's like this multi-million dollar fucking robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, lo- I love that we listen. find out Mithrigan is part of the real Steel extended universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even if you made Bruce more of a character, like, he's, he, you know, maybe he's a bit defunct and, like, old, but, like, you know, maybe he helps run her lab or something. Yeah. And he's just kind of, like, maybe he's always in the background when she's working, but he's not really, like, you know, you kind of think he's just, like, he's not as advanced as Megan. And then, yeah, you like- know, then, then the third act reveal is that, oh, no, he actually does have all this stuff. It's just that, you know... He, you know, he, we're not we're not forcing him to do that kind of stuff. We're yeah. not pushing him to his, you know, maybe, maybe know, even like, like that. maybe even like using him in like experiments to like like as as sort of like a proxy where it's like you know I I'm using mm-hmm. Bruce to build Mathrigan because like yeah I mean he can maybe handle things s- more delicately. I don't know. Yeah, I do think you still need the like that Megan doesn't know about him yeah. aspect. Yeah. Like, I do think there's still, because otherwise there there becomes this element of like, oh, well, maybe she tries to like corrupt him to her side or something like that. But sure. like, you know, so I do think the the surprise of like, oh, fuck, there is another robot and it's stronger than me. Yeah. It's uh, this... still needed. Oh, No, no, we, we, sorry. Um, we have this like opportunity when uh, Lydia, the, the, the therapist comes over and is like, oh, hey. like, play with some toys like literally bruce is the one thing that Gemma is like oh he was kind of supposed to be a toy she's like literally all these collector's items around is like oh i'm uh-huh. just gonna fucking like stab open this oh. box and then he needs like no like have her like explain why this nine-year-old can perfectly operate bruce by uh-huh. having a scene where she plays with the one robot and then she gets yeah. the operated robot megan you also yes. could you also could have had and, like and a reaction could... of lydia being like i, I... <laughs> I was just about to say that that it's like that's the perfect opportunity for the for the therapist to be like, no, no, yeah. this is not a toy for a toy. <laughs> this is not how you raise children. That, like, that's my brain cell. Give it back. No, it's mine now. We both can share. <laughs> it's just her whole. Just I'm imagining her horrified expression of seeing like this nine year old uh-huh. girl playing with this. 500 pound robot is like bro yeah. no stop yeah. it well, her, her stupid fucking reaction to sorry she, i hated that character so much i liked a lot of the other characters actually i know that mm-hmm. maybe that's a, a hot take because some of them were a little flat but lydia in particular mm-hmm. is like mm, i'm a therapist but it's also like just kind of a dick like, I, yeah i guess yeah. she's a state funded therapist so maybe. yes yeah. i thought sorry. most of them I mean, were I mean, fine but i feel like i feel like you could have gone further with her or or like less far with her because she felt like the perennial problem with this movie exactly exactly she felt like this weird middle ground where like she's really worried that Gemma is not the right caretaker for Katie and she's like hey she does have these grandparents that are trying to get her like maybe you should just give her to the dad's family kind of thing um but then also she like didn't give enough of a shit to be like you absolutely cannot experiment on this child in your care, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you have the robot. Like, yeah, it was just like, you either need you either need to make her completely fucking oblivious, or you need to make her the, like, you know, like, mustache twirling, like, I'm going to take your child, nah, kind of, kind of therapist, you know, like. Yeah, that was something, so actually, to that end, you mentioning the the parents, um, this is mm-hmm. a bit of a attention from that but that and um the corporate espionage thing with kurt i feel like there oh. were a couple of loose there were there were some checkups guns that were not fired that were yeah. just like arbitrarily like 
dangling feet over the fire for certain characters that didn't need to happen. Like yes. if we had entirely cut the corporate espionage thing for the um, executive assistant, no, mm -hmm. like no, no, no skin would have been lost. If we had, if we had mm -hmm. taken out the parents from Florida, like I really feel like mm -hmm. there still would have been pressure for Gemma to get her shit together. I just don't yes. understand. You know, I feel like there were a couple of things uh, yeah, on, the, was... on the on the uh, on that note too. You also could have kept the parents and made them actual characters and made them victims oh, yeah. of Megan because they're trying mm -hmm. to take Katie away from Megan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could have had yeah. some fun with that too. Yeah, exactly. Instead, they were just like an offhanded comment. And then we all kind of went, oh, so there's grandparents still somewhere? Like, what's that all about? And the movie was just like, ignore that. <laughs> like, Don't worry about it. No, it will, 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 maybe Never we'll bring mind. it up. You were here for doll murders. We're not yeah, going to give you those either. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Look at Megan dance. <laughs> I think another thing that really bummed me out. So I, I really liked Gemma as a, um, as like an engineer in over her head, not a ton of specific like applied social skills outside of her, her work. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought I thought that was kind of interesting, but I think the like putting the the you mentioned this earlier, Kat, like the mistiming on AI and like this like corporate overlord, mm -hmm. uh, like like Funky being this place of, I mean, obviously a stand-in for uh, big tech, but it's mm -hmm. like we didn't really dig into that, so it didn't end up. It was like this vague psychological horror backdrop, but we didn't ever mm -hmm. get like any of that. And Megan simultaneously like. Has I mentioned this earlier? She has the whole internet at her disposal, but mostly she just like rips people's ears off and bear crawls yeah. along the ground. I feel like there was this weird social commentary that just like didn't go anywhere. And I feel like if they had, and this is one of the, you know, not to get too much into malignant, but one of the things I like about malignant is there are like social entities around. There is like the, mm -hmm. the police station and the hospital and so on and so forth. But they mm -hmm. they're just kind of there as props. And I just I don't I don't know. Funky was was Funky the the, the toy company. Mm -hmm. was po was posed as this cosmic horror of a corporate entity yeah, and then I mean, like it's, didn't do it, anything it's introduction in the movie is the commercial where it's like hey did your pet die here's yeah, a pet are we that the will never worst? die yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's 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 yeah. that's one thing i i mentioned in our watch party too yes. is like the mm -hmm. the second the movie starts it starts mm -hmm. with this cute adorable <laughs> beagle that's dead within 10 seconds and i'm sitting yes. there Holding JoJo, I was like, well, this movie already pissed me off. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's that's the thing. It's like, it's like these commercials, that it was very fun. And it was like, oh, cool. This is setting the tone for the movie that there's going to be this, like, cartoonishly evil corporate entity that, like, has something to do with what's happening. And this, you know, maybe the, something to do with the setting. or And then it just, like, doesn't pay off at all. It's just like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There, there's just there's a there's an asshole boss breathing down her neck not to not to do AI stuff until it becomes profitable to him, and then he flips a switch and is immediately like, yeah, let's keep doing it. But it's never it's never like it's never like a like oh they figure out that Megan's killing people and they still want to push the toy out or like yeah. it's, it's never anything like that. It's just kind of like uh it just things things keep happening, you know. I I yeah. also don't remember the line that 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 megan said but like I, I remember bringing up during our watch party that i wish it went like even more schlock with the fucking like final quip from katie when she like mm. destroys uh mm. megan or whatever because like mm -hmm. in child's play for example um you know right before andy lights chucky on fire chucky's like wait no andy i'm your friend to the end and you know five-year-old andy barclay is just like this is the end, friend. And it's like, yeah, it's cheesy, but it it fits with this sort of schlocky-esque horror movie and whatnot. And it's like, I wanted that, where, like, 
because Megan said something to like uh, Katie, like right before Katie like ripped her in half, and Katie just mm-hmm. rips her in half without saying anything. No, give me that fucking schlocky action one liner. God damn it! Mm-hmm. I'm spending the six bucks to rent you. I want, I want schlock. God damn it! <laughs> I want we more. Have, we have high expectations here on the Goon Cast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering the direct we've we've sat through, I I I just want schlock, man. Yeah. Schlock. I I will say, like, I very much want a Kelly Cooper and James Wan to keep to keep writing together, to keep yes. making stuff together. I just want just fucking whoever's giving them money, whoever you know, whatever production company, just let them fucking let them cook. Like, yeah, shut the fuck up. I, well, and that, <laughs> Don't interfere. That and like. Maybe I, I'm assuming James Wan didn't direct Megan because he's busy with Aquaman too. Yeah. So like, wait until James Wan is done and just let James Wan direct it, mm-hmm. because I I want to say that with mostly the same screenplay, the movie mm-hmm. probably would have been a lot more fun under Wan's direction. Nothing, nothing against yeah this this movie's director. I haven't seen his previous film, which I heard was all right. Uh, the 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 housebound, uh, oh. which is a New Zealand horror comedy. I uh-huh. have not seen that, and I heard it's all right. But like, yeah, it's got it. I mean, here, like, we can't necessarily trust Rotten Tomatoes on the Goon Cast. Not necessarily because who critics dumb, but you know, yeah, yeah. Criti- critics gave Fear critics Street dumb. like ninety percent. Yeah, and, they and, gave they gave Fear Street like. An yeah, upsetting, an upsettingly high score, and and, and we were like, yeah. "What the fuck is this shit?" But like, yeah. I I haven't seen it. it. It it is an indie horror movie. It could be good. Uh, but like, I I I know and love James Wan's direction, even yeah. if I don't necessarily completely vibe with the movie. Yes. Like, I I, I do yeah, remember like, like never... when I first saw Dead Dead Silence, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, and I. Death Sentence as well. I, I don't know oh. if you've seen Death Sentence. Death Silence I, I have, yeah. And Death Sentence is its own fucking thing. Mm-hmm. But like, even when like James, he he's 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 an ideas man. He's 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 got a vision, mm-hmm. and, yes. and and he can have fun with shit. Like mm-hmm. e- even like, I have no interest in Aquaman, and I hear mixed things about Aquaman. But some of the fight choreography uh. in Aquaman seems really, really, really fun. Yeah, I mean, I think Aquaman kind of. Well, I'm not the biggest fan of Aquaman. Um, I have seen it. It's, it's okay. It's like very mid for a superhero movie, sure. which is you know, not not saying a whole lot, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's mostly just like, I don't know. Maybe I, I, Aquaman two will be better. Since maybe the characters established, but. But also, didn't the DC un- isn't the DC universe getting reset? Like, oh. is Momoa yeah. still that, Aquaman? What's happening? The new Aquaman is still coming out. After okay. that, nobody knows. The DC EU is in flux, where it's it's in this weird state where it's in the process of being rebooted, but some stuff might carry on into the new rebooted universe. Right, because Flash Flashpoint paradox. Well, is yeah, that, that and yeah. just based on reception or whatever like yeah uh, yeah well i mean i mean the in-universe explanation for it is, yeah the yeah. in-universe explanation they're, they're gonna point. be able to be like oh we could pull from wherever Henry yeah. could come back maybe but probably not and probably you're like, not right. and it like not as somebody who doesn't give a shit about superhero movies anymore and doesn't want to mm-hmm. see any superhero movies anymore dc really did henry cavill dirty 
they did. I, I want everybody keeps doing Henry Cavill dirty. Give him stop fucking him over. Yeah. Ah, like like he, the man was like literally willing to do set aside so much time to do every season of The Witcher so long as they set mm -hmm. they kept to the books and they yeah. kept deviating. He's like, no, fuck this, I'm done. Yeah, like it's... I understand that certain deviations need to happen for you know oh, yeah. transitioning yeah. the medium and everything, but. The things that they were so insistent on changing, bless Henry for bless 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 him for standing his ground as best he could. Yeah, you know, because um, good God, those changes were dreadful. I am I am a Witcher fan. I mm -hmm. I've read the books. Mm -hmm. I like the games. Yeah, I I suffered through all of the first season and got two episodes into the second season before I dropped that shit immediately. Yeah, yeah, that was me too, basically. That's what I, I yeah, they killed off a pivotal character from <clears throat> from the franchise for no reason. It's just like, oh, you're doing Ooh. that. Mm. Got it. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah just, just I yeah. I have no I have no like previous affinity to The Witcher at all, but I you know, the first season was like okay. It was fine. I liked some things they did. I liked the the like storytelling, um, the style they did where it was kind mm. of like converging uh, um, timelines. But uh, yeah, I got like two episodes into season two and I was just like, you know what? I think, I think my interest in this show is over. <laughs> yeah, basically. I, I think though, the moral of the story is just let James Wan direct more weird shit. Yes. Mm. Li liberate Absolutely. him from big budget schlock. Absolutely. Let him do I mean, lower budget schlock. I mean, like let ways. him let him make his big budget things to make a shit ton of money. Yeah, then sure, turn yeah. around and make a bunch of like. <laughs> yeah, let let the man do his money work so he can make his art. Oh, uh, yes. you know, you know, there's there's also been talks like long long talks about doing another fucking RoboCop, and some of that has been like, oh, we're, we we want to do like a, a a direct sequel to the original movie and ignore the the, the other stuff. Just, 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 okay. just, I don't care what, what it is. Just let James Wan do RoboCop. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Okay. That'd be cool. Just, just like, like, oh, 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 we, we want to reboot Terminator again. <laughs> Fucking let James God. Wan do Terminator. Fuck it. God. I trusted James Wan Terminator at this point. <laughs> I, I, I would. Like, give it, yeah, give fucked up robots. I'm down for it. Yeah, just just oh, we we want to do another uh, uh 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 child's play remake. Let James Wan do it. We want to do a new Halloween movie. Let James Wan do it. <laughs> let him do Friday the. I don't fucking care. Just let him do anything. Oh, let wait, him all no. over the place. Give me James Wan overseeing the remake of Wishmaster. Oh, there you go. Oh my god. Give me go. that oh shit. Oh my god. There okay, you go. Okay, he'd be great. He'd be great at that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, James, James just 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 let him oh, do wow. all shit. That that franchise makes me very angry. I told you about this, right? <laughs> I I'm pretty sure, but please. Like, please probably go ahead. not on the podcast to so do it. Yeah. I I love like uh oh god, what's his name? The actor who plays the Jin. Oh yeah, he's like a Russian guy. He, uh, uh, I'll, I'll dig it up real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't but, remember his name off. Well, but so first of all, like I don't want. I have not watched the ones after he left. Andrew Devoff. Yes. Yes. Andrew Devoff. I have not watched the ones after he was no longer Wishmaster. Because what's the fucking point at that fuck point? That, yeah. yeah. Like no, no, thank you. Um, but uh, I remember. I think in the first movie, um, he gets cornered 
by like a mall cop or like a you know like some some beat cop who yells freeze oh yeah and he treats that as a wish and i'm like no <laughs> like like and he freezes the cop and i'm like that you know that's not what he meant <laughs> like <laughs> You know, you know it was it was a command to you, not a fucking wish for himself. No. <laughs> like, womp, like, womp. Oh, oh, we're just playing Calvin Ball out here with our fucking wishes, huh? <laughs> very, very, very loosey goosey with the rules. Oh, yes. it was yeah. yes. It infuriates me. Anyway, <laughs> but but with like James wanted the helm and like consistent. Behavior for wishes, I'd be down for that. You know, you know, on, on these rules for these wishes. On, from rules. On, on that note, too, because he only produced it and he didn't direct it, I really wish, and this is tying back to fucking season one of Gooncast, I really wish he, he directed that Mortal Kombat movie that came out a couple Ooh. years ago. Ooh. That, that would have been, been that would have been I mean, fucking fun. I, the Mortal Kombat movie that that one was still fun. I oh, the main fine. character sucked. It was but... fine, but like I, I I still have the problem where outside of the Sub Zero fights, I just wanted the fight choreography to go farther, and I wanted the villains mm, to maybe sure. be more than just "Hi, I am X villain," and then I die in like two scenes later with like no development. That's like mm -hmm. one of the things about like the original MK is it has a bit more flesh. To the like fleshed out like fodder villain characters who who just mm -hmm. die or whatever. Sub Zero's great, like like Sub Zero's fucking horrifying and scary and shit like that. Yeah, they made him very menacing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, well, also more we're, Cage. Getting... Give me more Johnny Cage. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We should be getting the second one probably late this year. Um, Ooh, okay. Maybe early next year. Uh, at least from from the snippets that I've read. Um, yeah, they've confirmed Johnny Cage. And I mean, since they made Sub Zero such a big presence in the last movie, they'd be foolish to not do Noob Saibot. Yeah. And if yeah. Sub Zero was that scary in the first movie, holy shit, the things they could get away with with Saibot. Oh yeah. my god. And if you're going to bring in Sub Zero 2, Sub Zero's brother, cast the yeah. other guy from the red, cast somebody else from the red. <laughs> just, yeah, there you go. Just, just Ooh, yes. I, I don't know if you like if you guys have seen much of the red, but just god damn. Oh, yeah. I've seen clips. I've seen fight. I've seen good fight scenes. It's the raid, the, the raid, Fox. So good. The raid, the, like that's what I wanted the fight scenes in Mortal Kombat to be. I wanted it to be the raid, because mm. the raid is just, it's so well choreographed and it's so well shot, and it has that brutality, of just mm. of the the martial arts scenes that that I think to some degree was missing in in Mortal Kombat outside of a handful of scenes. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so we've gotten we've gotten a little bit away from Mithrigan. <laughs> uh, do we want to do gently related? But still. I want Mithrig I want Mithrigan as the new guest fighter in the next Mortal Kombat game. There you go. There you go. Okay. Fuck All yeah. right. Circle it right back. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. Everybody? Uh, great concept. Competent group of people that got together to bring the vision to life, but the vision was a little cloudy. I would like it to either be much more sinister and brutal or more cerebral and emotional and thought-provoking, not caught in between like it is. I rate it a Mafivegan out of a Matengan. <laughs> Excellent. I can see. 
Uh, yeah, I can do like a rapid fire of things I liked about it from yeah. like a, a, a tech perspective. Yes. Okay, so can we start with the fact? So one of the things that's funny about robots um, is that they're fucking worst to work with uh, because it's like all of the problems of software development and all of the problems of hardware development, but together. So some things that were actually surprisingly accurate were one, the demo never works when the boss shows up. Uh, two, well, there was, <laughs> yep, there, there, yep. there was yep. a fucking thing where they said a bunch of tech mumbo jumbo, like words that like were sort of relevant, but not, but like that's whatever. It's a movie. Um, yeah. when Bruce trips, uh, I cannot emphasize enough how common that is in like robotics development, like getting the fucking robot to walk correctly is unbelievably hard. Humans are really good at walking because we're, mm-hmm. that's like a whole complicated thing, but I, I really appreciated that Bruce tripped and that like on the one hand it was comedic but on the other hand like working with robots is like funny and sad at the same time it's funny because they look dumb and they're human like but also it's sad because it's your robot and it's like very expensive and it just fell over um uh the fact that like the boss knew absolutely nothing about technology but like could be uh bamboozled into like oh it's cost this much relative to tesla and he's like oh yeah 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 that's good and like palpates his chin i thought was good i I thought they did a really good job of caricaturing uh like the tech development process um, even though they didn't have any actually like meaty scenes with it, but there were, there were, there were three or four things there throughout that I was like, oh yeah, like this is like weirdly apt. Also, I've mentioned this in the watch party, but the choice of, um, if you do watch the movie, the choice of the windows, like error uh, for the door opening sound was a very cursed choice that I, I really appreciated. I don't know why they did it, but I, I am glad that they did it. So, uh, Fantastic. a lot of things I liked about the movie even though I agree with sort of all the other points of it really just didn't know what it wanted to be. And it should have gone kind of in either direction and put the budget there and it probably could have nailed it, but, or just let James Wan direct it as we all say. Yep. Beautiful. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, I think my, I had a lot of thoughts about it as I was watching it with Will that like have definitely percolated for a very long time. Uh, again, my 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 biggest complaint about it is how bloodless it was, uh, both at a PG-13 and at an unrated. I think that was just a huge mis- missed opportunity in on a lot of fronts. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, just the fact that a horror movie got outplayed by a romantic comedy the same week I watched it was kind of just like very comedic to me. Um, I think I might rate it a little bit higher than Lee, maybe like a 6 out of 10, but like, just because I really liked, I, I, I liked the kernels that I got of what they were trying to do with the relationship to AI and the relationship, you know, like, basically like learning to connect with other humans. So, mm-hmm. there there were things where I was like, that's a good idea. It's not going anywhere, but it's a good idea. <laughs> there's a skeleton there that really has some potential, but yeah, yeah. There's no meat, meat on, on this sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's meat on this sandwich. Yeah, James. Uh, yeah, it was alright. Um, it's worth a. F- it's 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 a fine watch. I thought. Yeah. Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh. It was better than Child's Play. It's it's the, the it's remake. it's a fuck ton better than Child's Play remake. Yeah, one hundred percent, hands down, no yeah. question. Uh, I wanted more from it. Uh, <clears throat> I am disappointed in it, but you know we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. But like, True. it's 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 
fine. It's serviceable. It's better than fucking Conjuring 3 and Spiral. And, mm-hmm. and, and The Bye Bye Man and Fear Street and, and all the other shitty horror movies that we've watched. I I need to put it on the podcast that Conjuring Three was so bad that the other day we literally forgot it existed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other thing. Cat, cat, yeah. cat, completely <laughs> forgot that we watched yeah. the Conjuring Three. I did. I genuinely did. I oh was yeah, just like, that was a film. Oh god, that was, yep. that was that was a film, and that we watched, and and I was offended by immediately, especially because they fucking rip off the Exorcist shot. It, like yes. two minutes into the fucking movie. Two fuck, minutes in. Fuck yeah. you, Conjuring Three. Yeah. That that, oh, that movie also needed James Wan's direction, but we got Malignant instead, so I, I'm happy. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking uh, of speaking of de- game development, though. Yeah. 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 Developing developing technology mm-hmm. while, while like you know uh, someone oppresses you. Let's talk about Tetris. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I I forgot that this movie was being a thing until like the trailer dropped, and uh, every single time I tried to get somebody to watch the trailer or tell somebody about the game or the movie rather, uh, they all thought it was the uh, the the long rumored uh, uh, video game movie of Tetris. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that that kind of got like announced, like or yeah, or... that got announced yeah. in like 2014, where like we're getting invaded by aliens who are like Tetris blocks or some shit. Uh, uh one uh, one or two of them are, are sitting here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for complete transparency, I did not know this was actually a film about the making of the beloved video game until I sat down to watch it with these fine people. I thought it was going to be some weird pixels bullshit yeah Mm -hmm. and for Mm -hmm. completer transparency i also thought that and also also because this was like the fourth or fifth movie that i watched with the goons and (laughs) we've watched a lot of really good movies since we watched tetris but before Uh we watched tetris i don't know that we watched too many good movies together so i was like oh like we we only watch bad movies okay Uh that's fine so i was i was bracing myself for a friday night of of pixels. Yeah. <laughs> Be- believe it or not, based on our track record, we actually don't always intend on just watching schlock mm-hmm. yeah. and podcasting about it. The schlock just happens to find us. Yeah. We started with this. That's how we opened the episode. Yeah. And we've watched great movies since. Yeah. I've loved yes. everything. Well, yeah. Mithrigan was okay, but yeah. Like... yeah. But basically everything since has been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the long story short is this is a, a very truncated and semi-fictionalized account yeah. <laughs> of the true story of how Nintendo is able to license the video game Tetris from the Soviet Union, which I, I, I was familiar with the story beforehand. I saw a documentary about it, a uh, very, tr- very, like, I think it was like a half hour documentary on G4 years and years and years ago this is back like 2005 2006 i was like oh this is a very fascinating story and then uh, i don't know four or five years ago gaming historian who's a youtuber put out like this hour to hour and a half long documentary about the making of tetris and like how it became a thing and that is a great little piece of of, of like thick like doc, like youtube documentary shit 
And when I realized that this movie was going to be adapting that story, despite the fact that there was some obvious fictitious shit in the trailer, like the car chase, which we'll get into. Um, <laughs> oh, we're gonna do it. Uh, I was like, okay, if this movie is at least like the slightest bit faithful to the the uh, uh, actual like how shit went down, this could be a really good movie. I already like the cast, and uh, I've watched this movie three times in total. <laughs> oh shit! So oh. like, I I nice. really like this movie, e- even though it's it's not perfect. It it has some schlock, although I've kind of made peace with the schlock. Because uh, like, it, I, I love schlock, but not when it doesn't fit within the tone of the movie, or or like you know everything leading up to it like if i want schlock i want it to be like malignant schlock the whole thing is schlock i don't want to watch like titanic and then like the last 30 minutes is like fucking the one guy the one guy beams himself on the fucking uh, yes yeah or like (laughs) sea monsters come up and start fucking up the ship or whatever you know um yeah Uh, i i i really fucking like this movie (laughs) Yeah, this was a great surprise. I yeah. When I found out what it was gonna be, you know, five seconds before James hit play, um, I didn't have super high expectations because I didn't know, I didn't know how faithfully they were going to want to tell the story. I understood the broad strokes of the, uh, of the hoops that people had to jump through to get Tetris to be released worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know all the little intricacies. I, I knew the Soviet Union was involved somehow, and my brain was going, okay, they're either going to try and take this super seriously, or they're going to really lean hard into Soviet Union bad, no, you can't have game filthy Americans. And they found actually a very pleasant middle ground. It was like the opposite of Mithrigan. Yes, I'm yes. glad that this one took the middle route and did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to one of two extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, because I like I, I did want to watch this again uh, before we podcasted about it. And I just did. I just did. I ran out of time, basically. Um, Stop being the, so popular, cat. I, I know. I know. And also there's. Stop playing Sherlock Holmes. Play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, so I, I remember it in like little moments here and there that I really liked or really had a problem with. <laughs> um, so, like, okay, uh, first of all, something hilarious that I found out via Twitter, like, right before we started watching, was that um, in the opening in the opening scene, there's, like, a um, kind of a montage, a bit of, of a setup, where, like, uh, our main character, uh, Taryn Egerton's character, whose name I Hank have Rogers. up. Hank, thank you. Um, he's talking to his, uh, his banker, his, his, um, his, like, financier. He's trying to get him to, like, give him a loan to buy the rights to Tetris for, um, for handhelds, I think, at that point. Or for maybe it's just for, for, just for console at that yeah. point. Okay. Um, so, but he's going through and he's talking about, like, like, video games, basically. Like, what's the state of video games currently? And there's this little montage and they show clips from a bunch of different, of a bunch of different games. And they mention, uh... Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and the clip that they show from Punch Out is from the Game Grumps. <laughs> well, the, the, there's that too, and also they they mentioned the Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. and the clip that they show 
is from a Game Boy Advance Legend of Zelda game that came out 20 years later. So mm. it's like, okay. it's, well, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's one thing, but the other thing is that, like, they stole a clip from a popular YouTubing channel that, like, yeah, might fine. have a right to that. It's fine. <laughs> you can, you yeah. can tell because they left, they left the orange bars on the side of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, although, awesome. although Aaron seems pretty chill with it, he's equipped I, I about hope, it. I hope they, I hope they give in to his demands. <laughs> yeah, same. What are his just, demands? Yeah, uh, God, oh, hang on, I have to look it up on Twitter. But he, okay. he responded, being like, "You guys just need to do this one thing, <laughs> and then, and then we'll be cool." Something like that, yeah. Uh, uh, for the most part, I, I was also very surprised that the movie was fairly accurate to what game dev is. Oh yes. That was that was another one of the like little moments I wanted to mention was that um when Hank goes over to Alexi's name right the, yeah yeah the, yeah the, yeah when Hank go, it finally goes over to Alexi's apartment and like he actually shows him like the original game for like the original game of Tetris and uh, Hank makes a suggestion that like oh why can't if like you know I have multiple rows uh gets like filled at once why does it only delete the first one and then alexi's like oh because i didn't think about that and he brings up the the source code and starts like typing stuff in and hank's just like over his shoulder like kind of like backseat coding yeah and i'm just like ooh, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 also like I mean, the 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 there's a scene early on in the movie which which is sure to life where 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 hank goes to nintendo of america and they show him the Game Boy, and he's one of the few people who is aware of the Game Boy's existence. And it's a dev kit of the Game Boy. And it's not yeah. like, okay, I'm going to boot up the program and it immediately runs on. It's like, no, we actually see him doing a little bit of coding to get it to work on tech, on the Game Boy. And he even's like, look, it's it's not a perfect thing. This is just like, I'm adjusting it and forcing it to work here. But like, you'll get the idea. And it's like, it's a strong, strong little scene that that, that I greatly appreciated. And mm -hmm. and I appreciated when it was actually like trying to be like true to life and everything like that, since I'm I'm familiar enough with the story of just Hank being like, yo, if if you want to ship like a few thousand units and appeal to little boys, package the Game Boy with Mario. If you want to appeal to everybody and sell millions, package it with Tetris, which is a very very smart forward thinking move. One thing mm -hmm. though that I I wish that the movie included but i get that they had to like truncate stuff considerably it was that uh in real life uh hank already had a partnership with nintendo uh way mm. before he pitched them tetris uh mm. in fact that whole go game that he was pitching at the uh consumer electronics show that was actually specifically because he knew the president of nintendo was a huge fan of go and that's how he mm. got his foot in the door was he was like hey i can make an nes version of go and the guy was like, okay, yeah, do it, do it, make it. That's how he got his foot in the door. Interesting. When he, when he first pitched Tetris to Nintendo, it wasn't uh, uh, Murakawa, I believe the, the president of Nintendo's name was at the time. Uh, let me just quickly... Uh, look I thought it was up. Yamauchi. Ar Arakawa. Yeah, Arakawa. it was... Yeah, 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 Arakawa. Yamauchi is uh, uh, another another uh, member of... of uh, oh no, Yamauchi. Yeah, you're right. Arakawa was the president of Nintendo of America. Yamauchi mm, was the one of okay. president as a whole. Um, instead of having Yamauchi play 
Tetris and him being like, not bad. Uh, Yamauchi passed the game off to Shigeru Miyamoto and was like, let me know if this is a good game. Right. Mm-hmm. And Miyamoto came back a couple days later and Yamauchi was like, hey, so is Tetris a good game? And Miyamoto was like, yes, it's a good game. And Yamauchi was like, how do you know that? And Miyamoto was like, because your second secretary and the people in accounting are playing it right now instead of doing their job. <laughs> and that is what got Yamauchi to sign off on, like, yes, I want Tetris. I wonder awesome. if the bit um, when the, like, the, the uh, not the KGB overlords, but, like, the, the, the Soviet, like, mm-hmm. or whatever the hell his name is, he comes and is like, hey, I wanted to meet the, the man who's responsible for the downfall of the Soviet Union. I wonder if that was a reference to that specifically. It, um, it might. Like, that, that, that actually mm. happened. That kind of was. They hmm. Apparently they had to build software to, to actually like prevent Tetris from being played on various different computers because people... It, it started off as just this small scale, almost... Uh, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the term. Uh, but like, Game Jam. It was basically a Game Jam thing of just software programmers just... Mm. making games and that's how tetris came to be and just it became super addicting and spread like wildfire throughout all the various different offices within the soviet union in fact there was apparently uh one medical facility uh who the 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 owner was a friend of alexis and he asked for a copy of the game so he could study addiction and the game became too addictive that he had to ban it from the company but it still found its way back into the company. <laughs> like, it Incredible. was just I- insane. Um, but one, one of the things that I really appreciated about it was just how it, it, it kind of showcased that, you know, Alexi was very much screwed over for the most part uh, of just, he's not getting any money. He's not getting anything about this thing. Uh, it didn't really touch the fact that he wasn't really concerned too much about that, but it did touch on the fact that Hank wasn't okay with it. And that kind of ties into, like, their bromance and everything like that, and and the ending, which is kind of this really strong bromance thing of him helping Alexei's family emigrate to the United States after after the fall of the Soviet Union and and everything like that, and them forming the Tetris Company. And It's a very very heartwarming movie. Those of you who have been faithful listeners of the Gooncast know um, your boy Lee. He loves a good bromance. <laughs> and oh boy, yes. <laughs> are Hank and Alexi wonderful. <laughs> yeah. They are so cute. Yeah. It's, well, it's it adorable. took me a while also, but I did find uh, Game Grump's response to. <laughs> They said, said, we promise not to sue. In exchange, we need Sir David Cheeseman to secure the role of Elton John in Rocket Man 2. Please reply at your earliest convenience. They added Taron Egerton for that. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Love it. Uh, Also, gotta say, Taron Egerton, fucking fantastic in in this role. He was great. He did so good. Like, I... You know, obviously he's great in Kingsman. He was fantastic as Elton John. But just as this kind of like scrappy salesman who just gives a a gigantic fuck about this video game in the eighties, yeah, <laughs> mm. we're just pulling forms so bad. 
Yeah, just just risking like literally everything. His entire his, and a, a lot of elements of that are one hundred percent true to form. Like when when he was told uh, after you know he, he he explained how fucked the contract was to the Soviets and everything like that, and they were like, okay, we'll renegotiate with you. When can you come back? Like and everything like that. He's like, I'm not leaving. I'm I'm <laughs> staying here until I get the contract, or I'm leaving without it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and even with like the secrecy too, and and some of like the Atari shenanigans that were going on at the time, since mm-hmm. Atari and and Nintendo were kind of in this brutal, brutal legal battle going on at the time, uh, because Atari, a lot of publishers at the time were very upset with Nintendo's strict mandates for the NES, but Nintendo was very concerned about repeating like what happened with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, where there were no. Anybody could release a game on the Atari 2600, which is what led to the video game crash of, of 1984. So Nintendo had like their strict policies about you had to order X number of cartridges. Uh, your studio or publisher could only produce like, I think it was like two to five games a year. So you actually had a lot of companies creating subsidiaries so they could like get around that rule. And Atari wasn't thrilled with that so what they ended up doing was they they went through some loophole within the u.s copyright system and managed to get the copyright uh documents about the nes lockout chip and then they reverse engineered the nes lockout chip and started releasing bootleg cartridges and that started this whole fucking legal battle between atari Mm -hmm. and nintendo and like Mm -hmm. if if the the end result was atari lost the case because they they kind of like fucked up like they they did things unscrupulously but like if Mm. they had reverse engineered the code legitimately then it would have been fine but because they based it directly off of nintendo's patent or copyright or or something that effect and it even include included unnecessary code that was eventually like phased out in future lockout chips like it was just a direct one-to-one that's what ended up fucking them over and the fact that they they loosely tucked touched about that about how like atari's selling bootleg cartridges like this movie is doing a little bit more research than than despite trying to truncate everything uh uh than your traditional hollywood sure. biopic and whatnot and i did appreciate that it I doesn't mean, it doesn't yeah, excuse the car chase <laughs> yes <Yeah>, so <laughs> yeah there there were a couple of things that so the car chase was the big thing that took me out of the movie. Like the first, you know, when it happened, that was like, that was the only moment of the movie where I was like, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, there was no, there was it's no very car chase. Car- it felt, it felt like an Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I felt like I should have been hearing like da 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 da, like the whole time it was happening. It was sure. like, oh, evil, like you know, I was just like brought right back to fucking whatever. Um, the other thing though. Very minor thing, but it was something I noticed in the movie, and I don't think I said anything at the time. But um, the 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 Russian lady, who I think was the I think it was the translator originally, yeah. who like turned yeah, out she was actually the working for the mm-hmm. yeah the bad guys. Um, so she uh she has a moment in the movie where um basically like she starts going against like the main like villain of the movie. And he, like, turns around and snaps at her and calls her a whore. Yeah. And she tears up in that scene. Like, she doesn't start crying, but she definitely gets, like, very, like, okay, that's, like, 
fuck you, dude. And then every scene after that that she was in, they still had, like, the menthol tears to make her tear yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like it was, like, you know, basically, like, a 20-minute car chase later, she shows up at, like, like to, to arrest him, and she's teary-eyed. And I was just like, come on, y'all. Yeah. That, that <laughs> reminds me of the first time I was watching Fast Five. Mm. And there's a scene where, like, Vin Diesel and some other dude are talking, and then the big Hummer pulls up, and the rock gets out, and he just showed up and jumped out of his car, and he's drenched in glistening sweat on his muscles. Beautiful. So, uh, it's just, it's genuinely just like, okay, props, props to the continuity guy, but also, like, continuity guy, maybe sit this one out. Yeah. (laughs) She I, won't. She will not be teary eyed for thirty minutes. <laughs> I I do know that her character was completely fictitious. Like he mm. did have translators and whatnot, sure. and he never knew if if somebody that he was uh, like speaking with or or whatnot was working with mm-hmm. the KGB. Mm-hmm. He does know that there at least was one person because there were some instances where the people at Elgorg Elorg uh were directly quoted stuff that he said in private to someone else to him. So Actually, he, you know, I'm, he knows that, but like, I'm also going to say that like her care, like she raised, she raised a random flag with me as well as like, I, I kind of already knew she wasn't a real character, but I'm also wondering if I'm off base here um, because her name is Sasha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sasha is not a, it's not a, dimin- it's not a feminine diminutive in Russian. Sasha is a masculine diminutive for Alexander. Yeah, it could huh. be. So no, it is. No, like, I mean, I mean, interesting. like, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if there is a a feminine version of Sasha that is commonly used in Russia. But as far as I am aware, from like what I have studied of Russian names, it's not. Yeah, that, that that's what I mean. Like, it maybe there is a feminine version, but like I haven't heard of it. But now that you mention it, yeah, like, I, I'm. So that's, 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 that's that was yeah. like the one thing that I was like, clearly they did a ton of research and like were really careful about the like game development and like the, um, you know, the, the, the actual like kind of like corporate espionage parts of the, the movie, but they kind of dropped the ball on like a very basic, like, yeah. And, and someone, you know, if, if somebody out there knows for a fact that like, no, 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 Sasha can be a, the, you know, a feminine diminutive I... in Russian. I have known a. I will eat crow, but I've well, I've I've I knew a girl named Sasha, but I think it's just one of those things of like, mm-hmm. I've known men named Kelly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, it's like yeah. I, I think strictly from a language standpoint, you're correct, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to do say. Do we want the definitive answer on this? By the way. Do you have the definitive answer? I do. It's unisex because it's also it a, it's a diminutive of Alexandra as well as Alexander. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. There we go. Sorry, my guy. Say something earlier. <laughs> like, well, I, we're learning. To be shit. clear, I learned this thirty seconds ago when I was like, I am curious what this <laughs> yeah. is diminutive of, and Wikipedia yeah. Cause, is because you know what? Now I'm going to be mad retroactively at myself because I got told by a teacher for naming a naming a Russian character a female Russian character Sasha in a story. That I was wrong. So, fuck you, oh. my past teacher. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Straight to jail. Yeah. Straight, straight to jail. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. I, I do appreciate, like, some of the other stuff with, like, Bel- the Belikov character. Uh, you know, like, his power play of being able to speak English the entire time. Oh, Belikov um, is great. 
the the movie postscript oh, yeah, doesn't that was hilarious <laughs> the movie postscript doesn't really get into it but like a little bit of a, a more of a, a a happy note is uh belikov was actually the third co-founder of the tetris company uh, and oh. he owned he owned fifty percent, and Alexi and Hank owned the other fifty percent. And then I think about ten years later, Belikov sold the other fifty percent to Hank and Alexi. Mm-hmm. So like e- awesome. e- even he made out like a bandit after after the fall of the Soviet Union and everything like that. Well, but good. like a lot of that stuff, especially with like fucking over the Maxwells, who were just complete shit heel pieces of garbage or robert stein trying to fuck over everybody yeah, yeah. Uh, of of just like a lot of that was really really accurate and I, I especially appreciate the fact that they touched on the fact that uh robert maxwell was uh uh swindling his own company and stealing mm-hmm. from the pension mm-hmm. fund mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was a su- it was a surprisingly interesting like like for how kind of like you know comparatively low stakes it was like i you know they tried to add a car chase in to like spice shit up to make it seem like life or death but it's like it's ultimately like no this is you know this is just a big corporate like but it's so interesting it was i think you described it as like the social network but for for games yeah and like Mm. that is 100 percent like what it felt like where it's just like yeah there's there's a shit ton of stuff at stake for these particular people yeah you feel the stakes because of that but like ultimately it's not you know yeah, ultimately it's it's very very yeah. small scale it's just about yeah. some stupid video game and who owns the rights and who licenses yeah, yeah. the rights and and, and, and it's that something that stuff. like on paper sounds like the driest fucking shit you can listen you can sit through but you know they did a really really good job of dramatizing that without needing to go like to extra dramatize it even though they they still did which i'm a little bit disappointed yeah, in. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the power of just a good script i mean you can yeah. you can have a movie that's just all about like the bureaucracy and the negotiations and stuff but if it's engaging like mm-hmm. again one of my favorite mm-hmm. godzilla movies is shin gojira yes. which is just it's a fucking episode of the west wing yeah. with yeah. a sock puppet yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. and th- yeah really... and that's that stuff can be really interesting sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I mean, to that end, I, re- I really enjoyed, and I think this is kind of gets at what I didn't like about the car scene, is that it, it felt like unnecessary drama in an extremely tense yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, the yeah. stakes were low, but, like, the, the, the set of scenes where they are, like, doing the almost, it's almost comedic, except mm-hmm. it's really tense, where they go back and forth among the three meeting rooms of, like, oh, yeah. the guys, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, shut the fuck up, I don't care anymore, walks into yeah. the room, says, hey, I learned what a computer is, slams the <laughs> thing down, what, and, like, then it walks out, like, that constant revolving door over those couple of days, yeah. and, like, the fact that they're physically trying to beat somebody to the punch, and it's like, oh, you have a week to do this, oh, the thing, like, that, I really enjoy that tension, and so, mm-hmm. uh, yes, it's, 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 it's small potatoes, and the car scene was unnecessary, both because you're schlock- too schlocky for a, a fairly campy movie, and also because like I was already on the edge of my seat trying to like rooting for this this uh, scrappy American to mm-hmm. like pull through with his with his bromance buddy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Their bromance is so fucking strong. Mm. I, I I really love the chemistry between uh, just Taron Edgerton and uh, uh, Nikita Efimov. I'm sure I probably mispronounced that the guy the guy who played Alexi. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Th- their their chemistry in the movie was really 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 strong. I thought, yeah, and especially just them bro- like just bonding over code, like the whole thing about like assembly and 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 whatnot. 
Oh my god. And yeah. completing each other's sentences. True to life. The, <laughs> I have strong opinions about programming languages, but we have the same strong opinions, so we're gonna get married. I was like, god damn it, like, this is real. Yeah, we're, we're gonna sing Final Countdown by Europe in your weird, trendy underground Jesus, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotta, I gotta bring up what I think is going to be a very controversial take here on the Gooncast. And I'm going to brace myself for possible blowback from James. Um, movies absolutely need to stop using "Holding Out for a Hero" by Bonnie Tyler. Oh, at this at this point, yes. I mean, I liked how the fact that it, it was used in the movie, but it, it it it's kind of this thing where, like, when when one movie does it, everybody else tries to copy it. Yeah, because Shrek Two kicked ass. Yeah, yeah, Shrek exactly. Two is a, Damn yeah. right. And but I, I, I mean, of all time. But yes. just in the past less than a year, in the last 365 days, mm-hmm. we had Tetris, Super Mario Brothers, Shazam 2, and Bullet Train all okay. use Holding Out for Hero. I, ha- I haven't oh, seen right. Shazam 2 or Mario. I appreciated yeah. it in Bullet Train and here just because of the fact that it's like a foreign language cover and everything like that. Oh, this but, one did it the best. Yeah. yeah. And, and But like... Yeah, it, it's. I, I definitely would get sick of it if I if I heard it again in like Shazam two and, and Super Mario and everything like that. Yeah, it, it's. I'm kinda... gonna say my only my favorite my favorite application of holding out for a hero is not even from a movie. It's from a a, a pair of YouTubers who uh, used to make like battlefield troll videos where they just like drive cars like laced with explosives into their teammates and blow Beautiful. them up. And uh, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, my my favorite usage was uh, was James after a few too many blue moons playing ill bleed. Yeah, I was actually going to say that was my favorite usage as well. <laughs> oh my god, I got lost in the maze and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to just blast Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero." I know my bot is getting <laughs> muted. I don't care. I'm just fucking exploring this stupid maze in this Dreamcast horror game to holding out for a hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate that. That's not, I wouldn't even say it's a hot take. Just like, okay, once, once you hear Aaron. it multiple times in like a short amount of time, or even like in some cases seeing the same actor or just the same thing done countless times. Like, I, I think I remember there was one year in the mid 2000s when Jude Law was becoming like a hot ticket mm-hmm. and there were like seven different movies with jude law as the lead coming out with like i don't know a six month span and i was like look i like jude law but this is getting a bit ridiculous right <laughs> like there, there's some other actors you could fucking cast or or well, man once they once once hollywood like sinks its teeth into somebody that they're like oh ooh, this person's profitable like we saw it with uh what's his face timothy chalamet yeah. yeah, he's he's like mm. still in that right now, where you're just like, shut up, I don't want to see him. That's hilarious. <laughs> as soon as we're done recording, I'm gonna watch a movie starring Timothy Chalamet. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh-huh. it's the same thing with concepts or songs or, one or or whatever. Like uh, there was even I still remember when I was working at the movie theaters, and I I was so disgusted by this because it was clearly just awards bait shit. Where, because I worked at an art house movie theater, so we mostly got like the art house independent shit. But in the span of three months, we had like nine different movies about the Holocaust. And it just felt really, really exploitative. Of just like, Mm -hmm. look, there's a lot of history there, but it's very clear that this is just all trying to get like awards bait shit. 
especially yeah. when some of them come out and they're like kind of torn apart and they're very mid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this, this feels really uncomfortable, you know, yeah. or, well, we know you're very extreme, uh, extreme views on the fucking the boy with the striped pajamas or something. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That everyone shares, by the way, because everyone, like, even, even I think the Holocaust Museum came oh, hold on. like, this movie is fucking trash. Hold on, Kat, we got a robot voice for you. Oh, shit. Really? Do I have to? Okay, I'll, I'll be repeat. This is what the behind the scenes looks like, Hecate. Yeah, 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 for sure, this for is sure. This magic the happening. sausage getting made, yeah. 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 I can say anything now, because it's gonna get cut. No! Oh, okay. your Discord might have crashed. Hold on. I need a hero. Yeah, I, I do have spicy takes in the boy in striped pajamas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exploitative I, history films, Bill. Well, it's 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 specifically with its ending. Uh, I, see, I, I, see. I, I've, I've I think I've been I've, I've been over this on the cast. I think before, or at least I've discussed yeah, you it brought with it up. Cat. But uh, so basically, like, it's based off of some children's novel or whatever, and the whole idea of the movie, which is fine is like you know evil in like racist views is like kind of taught and everything hey hey all right it's back before we get into it i'm explaining to hecate my my hatred for this movie that you mentioned (laughs) which i've mentioned before okay uh so basically at 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 the ending of the movie uh the the little jewish boy who's in the concentration camp the the premise is like a a not the son of a nazi commandant and a jewish boy in a concentration camp happen to become friends through the fence of the 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 the, the concentration camp fine yeah whatever um so the little jewish boy towards the end of the movie is like i can't find my my parents you know i'm scared and it's like okay this is this is pretty bad uh, and the, uh, it's realistic and it's horrible and shit like that. And then the, the little Nazi boy's like, oh, I'll help you look for him. And he manages to dig a hole uh-huh. under the fence to break into the camp. And the camp is heavily implied to be Auschwitz. Uh-huh. And, and then to, to disguise himself, he dresses in the quote unquote striped pajamas, which is like, you know, the prisoner garb. Sure. Sure. Uh, and this leads to a scene of him and the Jewish boy and a bunch of other uh, other 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 Jewish people being rounded up and fucking gassed to death. This entire ending, just to kill both children, hinges mm-hmm. on the idea that a small eight-year-old child can break into a concentration camp. Fuck you. I'm down for downer endings. I'm down for historical films that are like like bleak and fucked up and like yeah it's important to talk about it but like fuck you <laughs> this is yeah. this is not realistic an eight-year-old boy is not fucking breaking it out with god damn it. i mean i mean so so probably what i was what i was trying to say before the robot voice made it incomprehensible was that like the holocaust museum actually has like spoken out against like the like the original book and the movie as like grossly inaccurate and disgusting Mm. and fun fact that the author um of the boy in the striped pajamas is also the same author that was getting roasted online a couple of years ago because in his latest like historical fiction novel he referenced like like he just googled how to make red dye and got like the the way you make it in breath of the wild (laughs) 
Jesus Christ. Oh my God. And then put that in his like fucking historical novel. So literally, literally it's like it's like, oh you mix it like she mixed red Lizolfo tales and like I love it. I am vindicated. I am vindicated. All right, all this is staying in now because I'm vindicated. He's an idiot. Beautiful. Uh, I love it. Allegedly, I guess, so we don't get in legal trouble, but... (laughs) Allegedly. Uh, I am vindicated. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, it's... Yeah, no, you are, you are, you are not alone, Jam. Many, many people have wisely, uh, have wised up to he sucks. (laughs) Yeah, like, again, like, as I was saying, I'm down with downer endings, but when stuff feels exploitative or just depressing for the sake of being depressing, fuck you. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Hecate, but there's this movie called Remember Me. Right. All right. It's 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 a uh, it's a romantic it's a romantic melodrama, right? And it stars Robert Pattinson and a bunch of other people I can't fucking remember, right? Yeah. And okay. At the end of the movie, like I don't know, ten fifteen minutes before the end of the movie, uh, Robert Pattinson goes to visit his father for some reason, right? And you know okay. he's, he's in his father's office building, right? And uh, the camera pans out. And uh, you realize that he's standing in the World Trade Center, and the movie cuts to black, and 9-11 happens, and he fucking dies. What? Yeah, Yeah, the movie used 9-11 as a plot twist. No indication. No build-up. No No build-up that this was a period piece. There was, like, maybe some subtle hints every now and then. No, not one. Like, 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 yeah, again, surprise 9-11 is like... This movie came out in 2010, for those uh, listening along at home. So what the cinnamon toast fuck? Who uses 9-11 as an ending? Yeah. But yeah. 9-11 appeared out of nowhere like a wrestler doing a run-in with a steel chair to like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was like, this is the to most offensive shit. To be the downer shit. for a rom-com. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is like, eat shit, goddammit. Like, it's... it's if you If you Jesus wanted, Christ. like, make it more blatant that this is 2001, or maybe base it on, like, a real fucking romance about a real fucking person to make it, like, if you're gonna fucking do this shit, but good god! the fuck is wrong with you hollywood yeah you fucking goddamn soulless fucking ghoulish parasites you pieces of fucking slime but yeah i mean long okay, story short they of... just fucking like copy the same shit over and over and over again final thoughts on tetris <laughs> uh, i loved it go watch it mm-hmm. car chase is is schlocky and it does take you out of the movie i've kind of yeah. uh i've i've accepted it at this point it's a it's, fun well executed car chase but it is it is it, it does not fit in the movie the the car chase for me is akin to the sheriff's death in color out of space where it's yeah. just like it's like a small blemish on an otherwise pretty nice mm. nice clean mm. product yeah like, so um, yeah i think the movie was super tonally consistent i think they really knew the modulo the car chase um just have that as the asterisk yeah. uh one of the things i really appreciated about it was how they spent their special effects budget i really uh, dug mm. the like digital editing for the introduction to certain crucial characters i really appreciated that at certain moments and i thought this was actually a good choice in the car chase but like when they they have oh, yeah. the collision and it like pixelates things yeah. i thought that, that a little bit was like a really nice touch mm-hmm. um that was cute yeah i liked that the characters were I mean, they were almost pastiches of themselves, right? Robert Maxwell was this mm. cigar-chewing, like, capitalist, and Kevin Maxwell constantly saying, like, don't call me Kevin, yeah. it's Mr. Maxwell. You were like, fucking it's whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really appreciated that as, like, a, a helping you to sort of remember everybody. Everybody felt extremely... All the characters felt 
uh, like very thoroughly outlined in my mind, and I, mm. I, I liked the the writing mm. for everybody. Um, I, I loved it. Go watch it. Yeah. 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 I I want to I want to double dip on something Hecate just said that like when you're dealing with a movie like this or a, any kind of script structure where you're jumping around multiple groups of people. And especially when you're dealing with something as intricate as like politics, mm-hmm. having all these groups be very uh, remarkable on mm-hmm. their own is super important. Otherwise, you start to go like, oh, who's this guy in a suit? Oh, who's this guy yes. in a suit? What does he want? All these different groups of people fighting over the rights were mm-hmm. all super memorable. Yeah. Yes. And carved yeah, like, out their own niche that they yeah. never got muddled, which is I'm, super important. I'm not great at like remembering names from movies a lot of times, but yeah, like it was very distinctive. Like you knew who wanted what, who was who was on whose team, who was gunning for what. There, you know, yes, there things were things were definitely heightened for the sense of drama. Mm-hmm. Um there was definitely a lot of sort of like, you know, like like Leaning into a little bit of cartoonish villainy for the like Russian like Russian agents like threatening yeah. people's lives and sure. stuff like that, but not necessarily you know like like a little bit dramatized, but not still plausible. Most dramatized. Listen, if still plausible like, given the, the circumstances. The, the, the number one cause of death among uh, Russian oligarchs is falling out of a window. So you know, I mean, they're allowed to be a little cartoonishly evil in our yeah. of them in cinema. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, um, the thing I really dug the most, though, was, I think this is my favorite uh, cinematic interpretation of game development I've ever seen, like, mm, on, on mm. screen. Uh, probably barring, like... Grandma's boy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. Fuck you. <laughs> like, it's the, for you. you know, I the... think it's the devil. <laughs> I think we talked about this a little bit when we watched the ma- the new Matrix, where we were just like, just like all you had to do was make them a series of movies that Keanu Reeves's character starred in, and make it that kind of meta commentary. It didn't need like the fact that it was video games was yeah. so fucking stupid and yeah. clearly smacked of like we have no idea what the fuck video games are, so. Yeah. yeah, but this movie very clearly did know what the fuck video games were, and also clearly had a lot of love for it. You know, yeah, like, it treated them uh, as like, important. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly, exactly. I I was a little bit worried with a couple of details that maybe I I personally thought smacked of like okay maybe a little bit of ignorance on like one or two things, but I apologize because clearly that was my ignorance instead. So, um, but yeah, like ultimately, I think that. Yeah, it's a really solid flick. Um, it's mm-hmm. very fun. I think it's I think it's definitely up there with like social network. I hope it gets the kind of praise that social network gets. I don't think it will because it, it was getting a... it was getting a lot of like at least critical praise, but like we'll mm-hmm. see come awards season who the fuck knows. Yeah, I mean I I, I would I, I would doubt that it would get that much compared to yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. People are still people are still downers about like movies being streaming movies and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. It, it got it got a nomination at South by Southwest for something, but oh cool. Once it gets to like major award season, yeah, I, who knows how it'll be received? Yeah, I I, I kind of think I kind of feel like even though I don't want this to be the case, I feel like Hollywood's gonna kind of forget about it. Oh, Damn. probably. Yeah, yeah. I would but, love. But to you be shouldn't wrong. forget about it, folks. Go yes. watch it. Yeah, go yeah. watch Tetris. 
yeah, you'll have fun at least. Speaking of video games, though, hey Hecate, what are your three favorite video games of all time? Oh hey, shit! Uh, okay, yeah. so um, boy, um, <laughs> I think we will start with the most obscure. It's not actually too terribly obscure, but I played a shitload of this when I was a little kid, um, and it really inspired my love i think in particular of like ancient technology and like precursor civilizations it's Mega Man legends 2 oh, um, this oh my was god. A, oh god 1997 oh my Let's god like this that. bitch come out it's yeah it's, just, it's disgusting how how it's disgusting to me how little you and my husband talk with how much you have in common because <laughs> holy sh- you mentioned Mega Man to this man and he is gonna like i will never see you again because he will want to talk to you for 30 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my apologies. Um, Mega Man, the, the original, sorry, uh, I just want to clarify for the record, Mega Man Legends, the first one came out in 97. The second mm. one came out in 2000. Uh, yeah, I mean, I Ooh, fucking okay. love Mega Man. I grew up. Amazing. Um, this, was, this is a spoiler for a later video game in my favorite three, but like the run and gun platformer kind of thing, especially a lot of games that Capcom in particular made really mm-hmm. influenced just the kinds of things I enjoy to play. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, Mega Man Legends 2 is a 3D, uh, like, action game with rpg elements it's not a run and gun it's not there's some platforming elements but for me it was like a it's like a 10 hour game i've probably played it 10 or 15 times straight through i just i love it to death um i don't yeah i mean i'm not gonna go too much into the gory details of it but like you you play as mega man but like uh there's like the everybody on earth is who built the robots like mega man and you mm-hmm. go into old ruins and like find ancient technology and it's simultaneously like the ancient technology has reawakened because people can't stop fucking around in old ruins um <laughs> which is a, which is like a, a message i always appreciate yeah like don't yeah, uh-huh. maybe, maybe don't touch the sacred artifacts actually <laughs> um and it's also like Mega Man's past itself is like uh expanded upon because he's from this ancient uh civilization mm. anyway and then you you end up going to space. I think kind of you go to the moon sort of oh. thing, and you oh. fight, um, you you fight the ancient people. And it also had like for oh. me, what was the most terrifying enemy, which was like the the any I I'm still traumatized by this. Like enemies that like fucking come out of the ground and like grab onto you and like suck your life away. Anything oh, in, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that I still I still I still have I still walk on the sides of corridors uh, <laughs> when I when. Whenever uh, it is applicable. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so that one is great. It's much older. Uh, and then I've probably put like a thousand plus hours into all of the Soulsborne games. I think mm. strictly speaking of them, like Bloodborne is the tightest. But for me, the most like important and why it's my oh, number no. two favorite is the original oh, no. Dark Souls. Um, oh, okay. Not not okay. DS2. I've technically played DS2 the most, but um that game is I, I i thought because you had the teaser for like run and gun i thought you were gonna say like armored core or something and i was i was bracing myself uh, for lee to freak out at you i mean okay so the thing is, cool is that like armored, armored core, core is. <laughs> when i when i thought about this list um uh-huh. armored core was a really really close candidate and i yes. think <laughs> i mean okay so like we we should fucking talk about this because i think that like you see Miyazaki's design, like his his through line as a designer, like really coming into its own with the Armored Core series. I mean, I think he really polished it a lot with DS2, where it's like this this build customization and, and flexibility. Um, and you can approach the game in so many different ways and how you, you know, kit out your character really mm-hmm. impacts 
how you approach certain things and certain kits will work well in certain fights and certain won't and whatever. Like Armored Core was is clearly the foundation of that. Um he, I mean Yeah, but- he he's got a really he's got a great sense of incorporating stats into RPG blocks mm. that are very unique. Mm-hmm. You know, the Souls franchise has become very well known for like the intricate little ways in which the stats operate like on an incremental level and armored core did start all that with like hey i'm gonna build my big dumb giant robot and put all this cool stuff on it he's like cool are you going to put a big cooling system in it because it's gonna overheat and it's like wait i have to give a shit about that he's like oh yeah oh you have to give a shit about that (laughs) yeah 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 Talk about that as like a, a predecessor to like, oh, like weight actually matters, but not in the, like the Skyrim sense of, you know, you need to drop your 600 well, cheese yeah. wheels and then you're yeah, fine. Once, once you get one cheese wheel over, you're suddenly like crawling on the ground eating gravel. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're not going to talk about Demon Souls doing that. He, he regrets that. <laughs> Listen, Demon Souls is just Dark Souls 0.5. Oh, I like, know. I, I love Demon Souls. It's my favorite. Oh, Souls absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, That's, it's okay, it's okay. it's uh it it's definitely the jankiest. Sure. But I think I kind of love it because of how janky and how experimental and wild and weird it is. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I I love the whole franchise, but just I like that 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 sort of fucking wild cowboy game design aesthetic of just like uh I know nobody gives a shit higher up about this game because it's already considered a failure. So I'm just going to throw yeah. fucking everything at the wall and see what sticks. Even if it and might be did. a terrible idea. Like, yeah. world tendency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, or, 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 uh, oh, uh, uh, player, play, like, like, inventory load. So it's like, oh, oh I picked up this God. item. Oh, I can't, it gets dropped. I need to fucking throw some shit out. Otherwise, I'm losing this item forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Cat will tell you that I'm crystal lizards. Fuck the crystal lizards. God damn. Oh my god, the crystal. Listen, that is a system. Cat will tell you though that I do love inventory management. It's just my my little my little neurodivergent brain is really big on them. Um, (laughs) Lee, are you excited for the new Armored Core? I I can't wait. I I cannot. Why he bought a PS5? Yeah, Yeah, when we were, yeah, I I legitimately (laughs) bought a PS5 just for Armored Core 6 and Street Fighter 6. Like, that's all I bought it for. Sure, Um, sure, sure. But yeah, like, when we we did a Gooncast episode on our 10 favorite games of all time, I had Silent Lion on there. Listen, oh my god. That was that was peak. Didn't you have nine? Didn't me. you have also nine ball on on favorite? Nine yes. balls in my favorite antagonist list. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Nine sure. ball's yes. a gigantic piece of shit. I love it. And James asked which one, and Lee said yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they are um, legion, for they are many. <laughs> yeah. Silent line. So I mean, in in much the same way that Mega Man Legends two like really kicked off a lot of like my certain particular things about things I care about, like as a designer and and as a like. I, I'm an AI programmer for context for listeners, um, but like for the kinds of things I want characters to do, but silent line simultaneously, when I think about like, I mean, honestly, pretty compelling, like AI, those arena fights in that game, I mm-hmm. like beat my ass against those. I loved, I loved the arena. I thought those missions were so good. That soundtrack, oh, just everything, silent line so goddamn good yeah that opening theme is one of my favorite pieces of, of video game mm. music and mm. yeah the the enemy ai is great because like even when you're looking through the top ranking arena competitors and you're looking at their kits and their loadouts and you're like yeah wait a minute this shade guy at number three his 
his kid is weak as hell. He's super light. He's got this like the third worst shotgun in the game. Like, why is he ranked three in the arena? And then he bodies you. Yeah, <laughs> you just get dumpstered. Mercilessly. <laughs> oh man. Oh, um well. so to return to Dark Souls, because yeah, so yes. think about yeah, how much well. I discussed about like Silent mm. Line. I like Dark Souls more than that. Um to be like I love Silent Line, but Dark Souls for me, I think the the thing. Like my first playthrough, this is one of those games, you know, you talk about like, I really want to play through it the first time again. And I, I don't feel yep. that way about a lot of video games, but Dark Souls is one of those where like, uh, you just, the, the, the level design and the world, the physical structure of that level. I'm a very physical thinker. And so Dark Souls really like rewards you like, oh, hey, this thing is connected to this thing. And this, holy shit, this yep. thing is, comes back to this thing. And you're constantly doing that in that game. And they, they, they get that a little bit with like, I mean, Elden Ring is very flat. Uh, and Dark Souls 3 is very flat, and Dark Souls 2 is very flat. Obviously, Demon Souls is, like, hub and spoke, but it's actually, I think, fairly vertical, and I, yeah. that's what I like about Dark Souls, the first one, is how the the, the, the world is like a sphere. You are just, yeah. like, going up and down and around, and, like, you're constantly looking down at a place you're going to go to or looking up at a place you were just at, and you have this sense of physicality and, like, 100%, spatial. 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like, the fact that Firelink Shrine, you can see, like, seven different fucking areas that you will be mm. in. And like yeah. you could go all the way to the mm-hmm. fucking goddamn Blight Town and yeah. see the fucking cathedral bell tower from yes, the bottom of yeah. Blight Town. It's so fucking yeah. cool. And uh, and then and then the fucking I don't know how much I'm allowed to gush because I, 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 I gush I, but, as like, much as you want. Yeah, uh, this the, is your the, time. <laughs> it's Dark Souls. Yeah. It's Dark Souls. Listen, when when you when you so my buddy um came along so so I, I play this in undergrad. And uh, I played at my buddy's dorm room and like I just every day played like three or four hours of this for like a month, uh, give or take to get through like 60, 70 hours to get through my first playthrough. Because I, I would I would I just touched everything. I just like walked over everything. I was like, I'm going to find every item. I'm going to touch. It. I'm just going to push on everything. I'm going to fight every boss. I'm going to do the DLC. And like the way not only that the world unfolds, but like parallel to this, that the story unfolds. Um, I don't feel bad about spoiling Dark Souls. It came out in 2011. Uh, if you haven't played it, though, you should, because it's very important. But, like, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, hey, you're here in this fucked up asylum. And then you're like, oh, hey, go ring this this bell. And then the guy's like, actually, there are two bells. Actually, the bells are really not that important. What's really important is this. And, like, this constant dragging along. And, and the way that you hear, con- you constantly are hearing it, like, Gwyn, who's this Gwyn guy? And then Gwyn turns out to be, like, you know, around still, just everything you that is a game where you pull on one thread and it is is connected to every every single other thing and i, yeah. I really appreciate it yeah. um did it click with you right away or or was this something that that it was a an acquired taste i think i mean maybe it took me like a little bit just because the you know if you do have a the, the control scheme is a little yep odd um but I think once I got into it and I did have my buddy there to sort of handhold me through the weirder part, like, you know, the, the, the um, NPC dialogue options are infamously like, uh, hast thou come to do what thou must it to be? And yeah. yes or no, motherfucker. And it's like, yes, no, I don't know. Um, like that's, but, yeah. so he, he helped me through that stuff. But like, other than that, I, I think I, I, you know, after a couple hours, I was really flying along i i remember um, when I, I when i first played it i i kind of hated it kind of like demon sure, souls sure uh because mm, I, sure. I i was i was very uh against the difficulty 
And then yeah. ev eventually I got to this point where I was just like, no, I'm not going to let this fucking game break me. I'm yeah. going to fucking beat my head against this goddamn brick wall. You got good. And, and yeah. after, I don't know, like the first eight to 10 hours, then it clicked. Like, I, I think it was the yeah. moment I first backtracked from the, the cathedral and I like hopped in the elevator and it was like, I met Firelink. Cool. I was like, Oh, yes, yes, this, yes. Is, this is a Metroidvania game. All right. I'm fucking down, baby. Right after you, because that's right after you, um, you beat the tower knight that is guarding, like the I think yeah. it's a, a a titanite chunk or not a chunk. It's Something the, like the large titanite shard there, uh, and like you're like, what's this elevator? I guess I'll fucking touch it, and then yeah, 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 and then and then and the thing is because they don't have any music except for boss fights and a few crucial areas, you hear that firelink shrine music start, and you're like, what wait, the what? Fuck? What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. yeah, it's so oh, it's so good, it's so good. Yeah. Um. Dang. Yeah, I I love that game. I think, you know, in terms of mechanics and I, you know, Kat, you and I have talked about this endlessly. Mm. One of my least favorite things is, you know, Dark Souls is a game about like memorizing your animations and your opponent's animations. And you have the stamina bar, so you can't spam animations. Um, and so it's positioning and, and, and animation memorization. So it's like, you, can you protect like three or four seconds in the future for where your sword's going to be if you swing and where their arm or horrifying tentacle thing is going to be when they swing? And games that just copy the, like, positioning mm -hmm. and stamina bar really get me down. It's like, you can't have Dark Souls without having these really high-quality combat animations and having that be the central challenge for the player. If you yeah. just have the stamina bar, if you do, like, what Lords of the Fallen did, which is, like, mm -hmm. kind of this, like, circle strafey, like, bonk, you have a stamina bar. Like, it makes, it makes me really sad, because, like, you feel mm -hmm. you, you, copied the, you copied the UI and the interface, and you didn't get, like, the soul, like, the guts yeah, of... I, of I, and 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 even the like the character design thing because like everything in Dark Souls or even anything Miyazaki makes for the most part is very methodical, mm. right? Like all the character mm. designs are very clear and distinct. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like in something like Lords of the Fallen, everything feels very over designed, which is a problem with I think a lot of games trying to be like cool and or edgy. So it's mm. like it's a bit more difficult to read animations. Or, yeah. or 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 determine which enemy is is stronger. It's I, I'm much more a fan of like the simpler, striking character designs as opposed to somebody who looks like their body is is a magnet and they they rolled through a junkyard, and they yeah. have like all these different pieces of armor that mm -hmm. just don't mesh, and it's yeah. hard to kind of read their attack pattern or or, or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dark Souls is 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 very elegant in its like it's just like hey, this guy might be a little boring, but you can tell he's stronger than this guy because some yeah. such a detail. Yeah, like you can yeah. tell a Black Knight is a fucking big dick motherfucker <sighs> because they're they're tall and they have a menacing looking armor and they got a big ass goddamn weapon. <laughs> and you've only seen one of them so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. Anyway, uh, that game is. Stunning and incredible. Actually, a fun fact about my first playthrough of that is I wanted to go for the Link the Fire ending, uh, but didn't realize I was supposed to like interface with the like film of the first flame fire. So I accidentally walked out and got the um like you know the Dark Age Lord of, yeah. Age of Darkness uh, um ending. But I didn't know who any of the characters were because I hadn't really paid attention to that plotline. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then credits rolled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I also love yeah. how the endings of that game can be completely reinterpreted just based on one side quest. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, and the PvP is good, and just uh, fuck everything. 
I, I love Dark Souls. Okay, so that's my second favorite game. Oh. Um, and then in getting back to sort of the, the run and gun thing, and this is a game that I kind of consider to be, I mean, I don't consider it to be like the best game of all time, but I consider it to by and large be fairly without flaws for what it does. I think it really nails the execution uh, is Cuphead. Um, oh, good I, pick. I, nice pick. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, so I was um, an indie dev before I was AAA and I, I really appreciate the, I mean, they're not things strictly speaking indie anymore, but like, um, I really appreciated just the sheer, not to mythologize this too much and not to get too much into the game dev stuff, but like the sheer like love, especially for the animation style that they chose for Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Um, Kat, mm-hmm. I know you have a deep appreciation for how oh, yeah. little that is. Uh, Absolutely, like, yeah. And the fact that it's all hand done in oh an age gosh. where like we don't even do that for movies anymore is yeah. like that's in, that's insane. I will never touch the game because I can't stand the gameplay but like i admire what they did yeah yeah cuphead's one of those where i I bought it day one and i didn't realize it was a bullet hell game so Mm -mm. i i don't really like bullet hell games because i'm terrible at them but i it's one of those games that it's not for me but i fucking appreciate every yeah yeah like it's a game that drips passion I have yeah. given them I have given them money despite the fact that I never want to play it because I'm just like <laughs> yeah, I appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Oh, actually, speaking of um being sort of on the face what you are, I think this is another thing that I like about Dark Souls and Cuphead as well. And I think this is what's something that like a lot of people get wrong about Dark Souls. Um, and which is uh and Bloodborne's really good about this, the whole Souls Soulsborne series. Um, they are difficult, but I also feel that they are really like upfront about how they are going to be difficult and like what they are like the fact that the the first boss is kind of like a, a wall that you run into and cuphead i think is kind of the same way it's like hey we're just gonna kick your ass right out the gate and that way you can just like put the game down now i i really appreciate a game which is very honest about how it wants the player to be challenged um and i think that cuphead and dark souls both do that super well um just as sort of like a connecting link there uh yeah, i don't know the soundtrack slaps super hard um Every boss fight pretty much in Cuphead is memorable. I think there are maybe one or two that, like, you kind of breeze past just because of the skills you've acquired. Uh, I think that the story is, I mean, it's not, they're not like a really, really a story, but it's enough for you to, like, want to coast along. Um, and yeah, I just, for, for an indie game made in Unity, it has really, really tight controls and really, really tight gameplay. And like this really like beautiful animation style that's always super clear about like how you are going to be punished. Um, this is another game. I mean, you might see a trend here where like big, big animation tells are like a big thing. You know, this this boss is yeah. going to do this like really big stretch before they go pow across the screen. It's kind of the same thing with Dark Souls. There are all these like really long tells mm-hmm. before they do something counter to that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I really appreciate I always that. like that stuff. I feel like it's mm-hmm. very clever. It's, yeah. you know, I... I um. I talked a little bit about this with the when I talked about like or actually I don't think I touched on it, but um, basically like the difference for me between God of War and God of War Ragnarok uh, was that like God of War had these Valkyrie fights where Mm. it was very cleverly designed. They were hard, Mm. but they all had very obvious tells and like, you know, the, the the progression of them was like each Valkyrie had a different move 
that you're had a different like set of moves that you kind of had to memorize and then the queen just like yeah. fucking combined all of them and you yeah. were like okay so like so like going through all of her like you know six or seven you know commanders was your training to fight her yeah and then they kind of didn't do that with like the valkyrie equivalent in ragnarok they kind of just like you know they still had moves with tells but they weren't as obvious or clear or like interesting as the valkyrie tells so it mm -hmm. became much more of a and also they did the like artificial inflate the difficulty by just like throwing a second guy in the fight sure. <laughs> and it's just like okay sure um so yeah i i appreciate that a lot i can see why you appreciate that <laughs> yeah totally um yeah it's it's the sort of thing that I, I i really enjoy sort of about all three of these games is where like your build changes sort of what your character's move sets may be and what they can do they change like the fundamental verbs and like the shape that you take up on screen or in the world like they change your volume but they don't really change the fact that you are still ultimately responsible for the correct timing and the correct positioning uh, i i really don't like games where um this is one of the reasons i'm super averse to like jrpgs where the main challenge the main progression mechanic is built into your characters um like and this is me shitting on an entire beloved genre all in one go. So send your hate mail to um, the void. But like, uh, I really want a game that challenges me to like learn the patterns of different enemies. And sort of all three of these games fit that bill uh, very strongly. And Armored Core as well. Uh, Lee, don't don't think I've forgotten. Uh, oh, oh, you can't forget. I can't forget. I shan't forget. No. Um. So yeah, those are those are three games that I've put a lot of hours into and I, I they are much beloved by me and at least one of them is much beloved by i guess two of them really are much beloved by many many people so hell yeah, yeah that's a true. that's an excellent list yeah, truly excellent. shocked truly shocked and disappointed that runescape isn't on there okay so listen i'm just gonna save runescape for the what are you uh -oh. doing in your spare time section because uh -oh. <laughs> okay. my okay, relationship okay. with runescape is complicated what a segue <laughs> yeah what a segue then well but before we uh before we dip into what we've been doing for the for the the time since our last episode of the Goodcast, but 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 oh is it what is Lee is drinking? No, Lee, don't put that in your body. Oh my god! So on this edition of No Lee, don't put that in your body. I have in my hands what used to be prime real estate. Oh, and I quite literally mean prime. I'm holding a can of Logan Paul's oh, prime no. energy drink. Oh no. So okay. let me Bro, let no. me tell you about this. Stop so it. this broke the internet. It was sold out everywhere when it came out. Cases of it were uh, I'm sorry, not even cases, like 12 packs of them were being sold for like $400 online or more. And uh, now that a little bit of the hype has died down, your boy got his hands on one. This is the blue raspberry flavor. Let's uh let's listen in close here. Crispy, crispy. I didn't even hear it open. Mm. I didn't pick it up smells, any It smells like Oh god, it smells like cotton candy and the dislike button. Okay. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Going in. Fucking hell. Oh no. Oh god. Oh, oh god. <laughs> Horrifying. Mm. That tastes that tastes like a pixie stick dissolved into battery acid. Oh god. Mm. Braid with a little aftershave. 
Is it specifically Logan Paul's aftershave? I I have not licked the man, so I'm not certain. Does it? But ta- I believe this does taste like the cheek of Logan Paul. Does it? Does okay, it? Does excellent. it taste like exploiting dead bodies in a forest? <laughs> yeah. That might be the other flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Honestly, in terms of energy drinks, it is not bad. It is not worth the hype. It's also because of my better uh, lifestyle lately. This is the first energy drink I've had in like three months. Mm. So I don't think this is going to affect my body very well. Oh, God. Right. Well, oh, no. If I die, blame Logan Paul. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I, gotta get, I gotta get you on. Uh, I, w- I, want, I want you to try my favorite G Fuel. They do sell it in a can. Oh, Lord. Which uh, one's that? It is a Sour Blue Chug Rug. It's Whoa. like a sour blue raspberry, but it's not too sour. Actually, it's okay. it's pretty mild in terms of like sour stuff, but it's okay. it's really 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 good. I'd love to hear this on No Lee. Don't put that in your body. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll keep my eyes open so I can poison myself with it in the near future. Yeah, I'll 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 I'll, I'll maybe send you a can if I can. Oh oh, th- I'm I'm so glad you're looking out for me, brother. <laughs> hey man, you know you know I I know you've been getting up at like you know half past f- fuck. And and you go to bed at old man hours. You need yes. that energy. This is true. Yeah. So I guess segue. Uh, Hecate. That was about RuneScape, I guess. Yeah. Oh man. I, I just want to start. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's really hype about RuneScape. I want to start off by saying that I don't listen to podcasts. Period. So I only hang out with the goons, like Qua goons, as people. I had no idea huh. there was a segment called No Lee. Don't put that in your body. So. <laughs> It doesn't happen often, but occasionally. No, when it's I was actually, the best. I was actually going to, if nobody else segued into the Hecate's top three, I was going to say like, you know, oh, sometimes we do this like when we have guests, similar to Lee. Don't put that in your body. It's a very rare. Uh, it's an occasion. Rare it's an occurrence. Event. Yeah. I'm really so glad I'm, I got to see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm that... sorry for you and like your future, but like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry for you in the next 24 hours, but uh... yeah. it's it's better than the time that I drank the C4 energy that was flavored oh, like Swedish fish. God. Yeah. God. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, it's pretty um, bad. Good yeah. lord. Uh, okay, so what have I been doing lately? Um, so <laughs> I've been playing a lot of old school RuneScape. Uh, some of you may oh, be... particularly old school. I RuneScape. do not play RuneScape three. So. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> For a little bit of context, so for those of you who did play RuneScape when you were, like, uh, if you are my generation-ish, uh, when you were, like, in the 6-12 year old range in the aughts, um, mm-hmm. they, RuneScape 3, which was the, like, original fork of the game, continued development, but I, I feel like sometime in the mid-2010s, I can't remember the exact year, they're like, oh yeah, we just happen to have, like, a 2007 server backup of the original game. Um, and everyone was like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if you like ran a couple servers using the like 2007 backup? And they were like, sure, whatever. Because every now and then Jagex is like, uh, this is the company that publishes it uh, and runs it. Um, they, they do nice things. So they started that and then it was super popular. And so they continue to develop it alongside of the other RuneScape. Um, and it's a vastly better game, I think, although there are some redeeming qualities with the other game, but it's just not for me. Um, but it is a low poly point and click medieval game where you 
yeah. are at the mercy of some brutal exponential experience curves. Um, Kat has is painfully aware of the detailed um, uh, uh, action Pretty plan. Pretty to I have. a lot of stuff. Yeah, got, to a lot of no context. You, got, you have you have a you have an arch nemesis who is a rock, but oh, yeah, also so, a god. Yeah, uh, Lucian's <laughs> chat model. The game uh-huh. doesn't have very many polygons to spare, so all the characters <laughs> look uh-huh. blocky. Uh, just every every once in a while, I will get I will get a message on Discord that's just like detailing this random aspect of RuneScape that I have no context for, and I'm always like, "Is that good?" <laughs> You're Usually a really it's good friend. Going, Ooh. <laughs> a number goes up, and you and you and you clap me on the back, and I appreciate that. Yes, yes, um, exactly. So there I've were, been there a were lot birds of... getting harvest, bird eggs getting harvested. There was carrying a bunch of barrels that had to oh. get redone. <laughs> yeah, I did have to turn coal tar into uh, naphtha gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing RuneScape. Um, I think the other thing, if we if we can talk about like other media, um, mm-hmm. I get in there. Uh, I have been reading the Finder compiled volumes. Um, which is just an absolute fever dream of a graphic novel. So if you are looking to have your brain just turned inside out by like uh, indigenous science fiction, I think is the way it gets described. Um, it's a really, really good uh, like uh, soft sci-fi uh, graphic novel. That is the other thing that is really, like fucking my brain up. So those are probably the two things that have been getting my goat lately. Well, there's nice. there's a, there's a couple other things you were introduced to. I don't know if you want to mention them, like Exorcist Three and Omen and Zach Bagans. <laughs> oh and God, Zach oh. Bagans. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's 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 true. So yeah, the other thing is that I've I've been attending. I've attended a number of the Goon watch parties, but I feel like I I have had some good, really good ones. I mean, Mithrigan was we sort of that's the whole uh, the rest of the episode and Tetris, but mm-hmm. Malignant absolutely slaps please again like that's mm-hmm. just it's just the goons were all like oh it's really good we don't want to overhype it and then i watched it it was like no 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 you all undersold this like this movie was just like <laughs> an incredible experience mm-hmm. um and then yeah i watched the exorcist 3 i've never seen any of the other exorcists and i'm told i shouldn't see the second one um, <laughs> no it really yeah. don't do it unless yeah. unless it's like a a, a riff watch party sure sure Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw The Omen, which I do distinctly remember from my childhood when they did the 2006, because uh, yes. it was released on the 6th of June, 2006. Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, remake, uh-huh. which I, you all tell me is bad, so I believe you, but... It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's just a soulless remake, kind of like a shot-for-shot It's very shot soulless, yeah. It's, mm. uh, it, Julia Stiles is the Julia mom? Julia Stiles is the mom, I think Leave Schreiber Yes, Lee Schreiber is the dad, yes. Yeah, yeah. and it was just kind of like, <laughs> is it is it better than Vince Vaughn and Psycho? It's yes, less offensive okay. than Vince barely. Vaughn is in Psycho, yeah. <laughs> but only barely. Okay. Yeah. I remember the, uh, I remember copy the that. kid. I remember the kid being like suitably creepy, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, like, like the the scene where the um uh the 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 first babysitter like jumps off the roof and kills herself for Damien is like comical in the 2006 one yeah i mean the, there's all for you damien and then... there's there's theories i mean the, the one thing i guess i could give the vince von psycho and this is the only thing i can say that's positive about the vince von psycho is that allegedly or at least long rumored gus van sant knew this was a terrible idea and strictly oh, signed on to yes. it to showcase why it's a terrible idea yeah I also heard, like, he basically, he he took the bullet so no one else would, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, just being like, don't ever fucking do this again because every like I I will I will taint the idea of remaking this so hard that no one will try it again. Yeah. <laughs> whereas whereas like yeah. Whereas like the Omen remake, which is also a as far as I'm aware, a mostly shot for shot remake that uses the original script just like the Psycho remake, mm-hmm. didn't have that and was much more of a director for hire project and just more of a soulless Hollywood thing. It's mm-hmm. It's less offensive than the Psycho remake, but possibly, if the theory is accurate, uh, the Psycho remake came from a better place. It's terrible, mm-hmm. but it know. is, yeah. Question. But it's also like uh, <laughs> about the Omen, the nineteen seventy six Omen, not the two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So repeatedly throughout the film, like he's born, he's born on the sixth of June at six a.m. This is like canonical or whatever. But also, it, the movie was set, it was like released in 1976, but they keep saying five years ago. Why oh, do yeah. they not? Why do they not say just pick a, a year? Like, what is it's very it's giving Mega Man like 20 XX. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't understand why they did this. That was like they wanted, just, they wanted to be timeless, baby. I mean, it's, it's, OK, it's it's, it's not. It's, though. <laughs> it's not. I mean, look, it's better. It's better than than like as much as I love Escape from New York. Right. It's better than Escape from New York being set definitively in the year 1999, where it's like mm. you kind of look back on it. It's like, this is cute that you mm-hmm. thought like like technology or whatever would, would get to this point or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Or mm-hmm. like Blade Runner, you know, it's set in, I think, 2017, 20, 2018. And mm. it's like, you know, we've reached that point and it's we're, we're not mm-hmm. living with with uh, Atari logos everywhere. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean that we're, we're living with other logos. They're of Tetris, apparently, or yeah. those those chips. <laughs> yeah, go us. But but more importantly, you did get slightly introduced to Zach Baggins. Oh yes, sorry, I did for <laughs> the most I, important thing. We the could most important have thing. Insul- Listen, introduced you to the man with the Lego character haircut. I was... That's a shark fin. Show some respect. Yeah. Well, but listen, the way it's cut, Cat, is he like, it looks like it's just like a, a hat. Lee, like, we uh-huh. discovered he's a musician last night. Oh, okay. Oh, Those songs oh, were really... Oh my god. They were really something else. Oh, he's so multi-talented. All right, so... Well, the funniest thing is the fact that his music is, it is sounds... it's carbon copy from like that, that video that Cat's friend <laughs> made. It sounds like the parody that my friend made in college that we also listened to the dude my body video my body it's, yeah. it's just it's just like instrumental right dubstep or metal set to clips from ghost adventures yep jesus it's Christ. just it's like wow a man who has a caricature of himself for yeah. sure I can't, I can't believe he did that and i'm really mad that we didn't like copyrighted <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta you, i don't know if you have yet you should message your friend cat and be like are you aware of this uh, you know what you the, thing for is, royalties? the thing is like as as lou was mentioning it as like as we were talking about this i had extreme deja vu because i'm pretty sure that she did message me and she was like oh my god zach baggins makes music now and it's exactly like our song beautiful because <laughs> like uh, yeah i have I, I i just had very intense like wait i've seen this before and yeah <laughs> Beautiful. Are there any Zach Baggins video games? I feel like he. he oh my god, he needs to play Phasma with us. That's, That's what I've been the video game. That's, That's the I... video game crossover we deserve. I, I've Absolutely. been I've been tweeting at the man every week, the last like three or four weeks, asking him to play Phasma. Tweeting like mad. 
I believe it. I believe it. He should, though. Yeah. It'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, He'll I, have I, to I, listen to us eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. James Wan got your letters. Doing? Zach Baggins should get your letters, too. Yeah, and I mean, and, and I'll, I'll fucking kiss his ass if it gets him on the stream. Fuck it. I want to play yeah. Phasma with Zach yeah. Baggins. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will, will all be, kiss his ass. I will be unironic. <laughs> I will be, like, like genuine Ghost Adventures fan uh -huh, for, uh, uh -huh, for, like, uh -huh. however many hours he'll grant me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll yeah, fucking no. sell out for Baggins. We will, we, yeah, we, no mention of the podcast, certainly no mention of the Demon House podcast. No, no, of course not. No, no mention of the watch parties, just who, and, and the only people who are allowed to like, like, you know, come ghost hunt with us that night are the people that have agreed to be cool about yeah. it. Yeah, so, no, we, no, you know, the things we say have to fully endorse the bullshit that he's yes. been spouting. I, like, Dude, I, I feel so bad for you, chat. man. That, that yeah. night that that demon took your eyesight away? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I that was put, unjust. I will put the chat in emote chat just to make sure it nobody's was, talking shit to Zach. Yes, yes. It was it was definitely a 10 on the demonic scale, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was that was so awful that you had to fire that camera guy who was possessed and totally not having an heroin overdose that needed <laughs> yeah. to be addressed. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Good lord. He wasn't a he oh. wasn't a meth addict at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh. Who's next? Who's 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 got? All right, I'll, I'll open fire. Yeah. I, um, let's see what's been going on with me. Uh, I cannot remember if I mentioned it on the last pod, so I'll say it on this one. Uh, I watched Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Oh. You did not yo, you said you were going to. Yo, this movie fucks. I hear it's good. Interesting. This movie's really good. I, I, I watched it out of just like... Just because of like the little gifts and stuff I was seeing, like I would just mm -hmm. see occasional little gifts of it, um, and I'm like, okay, I haven't given a fuck about anything in this franchise since like Shrek Two, mm -hmm. but okay. So so the misses and I started watching it, and um, it's just one of those movies that you can't phrase it any other way than this has no right to be this good. Mm. Um. Just really tight story, really great characters. Um, you know, they, they've always been able to play super well off of the classic formula of, like, take traditional fairy tale and folklore characters and put a funny twist on them. Um, so this one's got, you know, Goldilocks and the Three Bears as, like, bounty hunters, which is fantastic. Um a character voiced by John Mulaney, who's one of the villains, whose whole gimmick is he's like a collector of MacGuffins from different fairy tales. So, like, he has a bag of tricks of just literally all the bullshit from all the fairy tales, which is great. Um, and maybe one of my favorite characterizations of the Grim Reaper in a long time. Yeah. And it's so... So good. Again, the movie has no right to be as good as it is. I so, fucking loved it. So Lee, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little spicy on our on our ketchup, which like okay. never fucking happens, and say that uh my husband and I actually did not like The Last Wish. Really? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, we 
I think I think I agree with you on like all of the like basically all of the clips that people have been showing on on YouTube or on on Twitter or wherever. Like the 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 Grim Reaper Wolf is amazing. The uh, um, the fight scene with like the first troll is really good. Oh, the Attack on Titan sequence. The Attack on Titan sequence is great, <laughs> and a couple of other things. But there there was a lot about the movie that Will and I were just very frustrated by. Um, it kind of had a lot of, the art direction was a very mixed bag and knowing a little bit about like the background of the movie, which I don't know if I can actually like get super into or the background of the development for the movie. Like it makes sense to me why it is that way, but it's also like, it was really frustrating for us to watch because like Will was sitting there being like, this is really, this looks terrible or like, this looks really bad or like, you know, and we just didn't dig the script either. We thought it felt like a TV, like like the first three episodes of TV show instead of a feature script. It so. it felt like um, back in the day how they would do like unnecessary Disney sequels. Yes, yes, but that's what we it didn't, felt like. We didn't yeah. need Return of Jafar. Yes, exactly. But I felt like this was if I liked Return of Jafar. I liked Return and, of and, Jafar. And you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I I and I do feel like. Will and I are in an extreme minority here because I feel like everyone else, everyone and their mother fucking loves this movie. So I'm fully willing to admit that, like, maybe there's something people are seeing that I just don't see and I just am not going to ever see. But yeah, I, I no, that's I, I want it. I want it because I remember you meant actually, I think you mentioned it either on the last podcast or on the podcast before that you had seen it. And I really wanted to talk to you about it. Cause I was interested to see what you would think. Mm. Um, and yeah, like, like I adored the sequences where with Puss in Boots, like dealing with his like panic attacks about death coming yeah. after him and, and the confrontations with death. Absolutely phenomenal. And then mm-hmm. everything else around the movie was like, I was like, I don't need the fucking th- Goldilocks and the three bears shit. I don't need, I really didn't care about John Mulaney's villain character. I was just like, he's, whatever he felt like a tv show villain like it it felt very much like a tv level script uh in terms of like you know whatever i i'm being i know i'm being very very harsh right now but i was just like i don't get it no hell no preach your truth preach your truth (laughs) and I'm, i'm also not saying that like tv stuff can't be really good but there is a somewhat of a gulf between like really good animated scripts that are feature and really good animated scripts that are TV shows and TV shows have a much wider, like, you know, like you tend to get sort of like where it's just, it's just, it's a kid's show and we're just doing kids show things. And I feel like that's the first Puss in Boots movie was like reviled for that because it did feel like it was just like, you know, a spinoff of a spinoff and it should have just been like a, you know, whatever straight to DVD. Mm hmm. But it weirded me out because I'm like, this feels like that too. To as, me. as someone who hasn't seen it, I will always encourage just dissent on the Goon cast because <laughs> I love our Candyman episode and how. Oh my god! How, how yeah, divisive we were. Was, I was the only one that like kind of liked it. And well, no, was like, Lee was no, a bit on your side. You. It was me, oh, yeah, me and Mike you versus you and Lee. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Which actually, no, never mind. That's the op- the opposite happened for uh, Kaguya Best Girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the kind oh, yeah, best girl was yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm high as fuck. Yeah, we're, we're the only the only time you were <laughs> outnumbered. Your cheek all the way, goddammit. The only time you were outnumbered was on the yearly recap. I know, goddammit. 
I just gotta get. I gotta call. I gotta call in. Call in Ghoul Guts every time. Well, you know, we got <laughs> the. Like, he's here. a lifeline. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we can reignite the discussion with the the the, the new Kaguya that Oof. dropped when we Hell yeah. discuss it. Um. So let's see what else. Um. I've been I've been digesting a lot of content. Uh, for a a an interest of mine that I have not yet brought up on the Gooncast. Um. I am a big fan of competitive bodybuilding. And oh. uh, I have been going down a deep rabbit hole, rewatching footage and documentaries of my favorite bodybuilder, Kai Green. Um, he yeah. is a three-time Arnold Classic champion, uh, three times the runner-up at the Mr. Olympia. And what I love about this guy so much is he pisses a lot of people off in the bodybuilding world who are, like, purists. And he's all about making, like entertaining posing routines like set to music and like he does like pop and lock dances while he's doing his poses mm. and he wears like extravagant costumes that he makes himself with like masks and like leather like almost like like bondage predator shit and it's just like yo what the fuck is this guy mm. and i find him as an artist so fascinating like I'm one of those people who really appreciates, like, the human body as a piece of organic art. Mm. And he is this guy who wants to take that to the next level of, like, of inspiration. Like, when he's doing his prep, you know, when you watch bodybuilding shit, everyone's like, oh, here's what I'm eating, and here's my workout. And then, like, in Kai's shit, he's got a sketch pad, and he's, like, doing life art of, like, outfits he wants to do. And oh like God, planning awesome. his poses. Yeah. And then like he goes to like ballet and he goes to like improv acting classes. And they're like, this is training for the Mr. Olympia. He's like, hell yeah, this is training for the Mr. Olympia. <laughs> so I love this dude. And I've been I've been watching a bunch of his shit. Uh and then the last one, uh, uh real quickly. Yeah. I have to ask because this is like tangentially related. Yeah. Have you watched uh, Physical 100? On yeah. I'm, I'm about I'm about halfway through it. Okay. All right. All right. I won't say anything then because I was yeah. like, as you were talking about it, I was like, oh, I need to hear Lee's thoughts on that I, show. I got I halfway gotta. through it and then I uh, unsubscribed from Netflix. So I need to oh, okay. get back to watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I got uh, I got through the sand competition. I haven't gone beyond the sand okay. carrying. Okay. Okay, um, cool. But I love it. I love Physical 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I figured I, you I'm would. I'm a big fan. I, can't, I figured I can't, you dig it. I can't remember the guy's name, but like the middle-aged MMA fighter who's yeah. just always swagged he is, out. He is the best. <laughs> the drip god. Yeah, yeah he's my favorite. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then the last thing I've kind of been up to uh, like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago was uh, was WrestleMania. So I got to scratch my, my pro wrestling itch. Um. It's a two-day event now. Day one fucking slapped. Day two was a a creative nightmare with like tech issues and questionable writing choices. Uh, but a great main event between the reigning world champion Roman Reigns and my boy, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. I started a prayer circle for him on Discord and <laughs> yeah. it didn't work. Sorry, we're godless it's demons, okay. Lee. You know that. <laughs> it's okay. 
but um yeah that's that's kind of where i've where i've been at i've been digesting a lot of like my my weird flavor of the sporting world of, of bodybuilding and pro wrestling so awesome that's what i've been up to awesome uh well my list is gonna be i think comparatively short because i've kind of been i've kind of been pretty swamped these last this last little while um i have been so the, the the big thing that I was finishing, which I think we can't, I, I'm not going to talk about now because I think we're planning a future podcast around it. Possibly, I finished Resident Evil Four Remake. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're I, that's yeah. that's I've done a lot of more Resident Evil Four Remake since the last mm -hmm. podcast, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm saving it for our yeah. episode with uh, shout out to Renzi. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're going to be just we're going to be discussing that game and just in general. Video game possibly, movies. I was gonna say possibly the the Paul Anderson movies too, or is that a separate? Oh, uh, that's gonna be a separate thing. That's a, <laughs> I, I think we'll have enough cool. things to talk about with with normal uh, yeah, that's game true, remakes probably. and and yeah. the Paul Anderson movies. I think we need to split those up into two separate episodes. Otherwise, we're talking about six films. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> it's, that's it's uh, gonna be challenge a <laughs> But so um, then the other thing that I've been doing, uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Awakened released on um, oh, yeah. this Tuesday. It uh, so this is a this is a game I have been awaiting for, for quite a while, actually. Um, it's a, it actually this is one that's that would be perfect to talk about next time we do a pot. We or next time we podcast or whenever we do the remake podcast, because this is a remake of a 2006 game. Um, and uh, so far I'm just, I'm loving it so much. I just, yeah, I, like, I, I love Frogwares. Uh, I love that, like, I, I, I think so much of my appreciation of them comes from the fact that they, like, have continued improving by leaps and bounds, like, game to game, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think The Awakened might be the first one that's, like, not as big of a leap from chapter one, but also they're in Kiev and they're getting like shelled daily. So I think we can give that we can cut them a little fucking slack. Yeah, yeah. they get a um, pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but between I'm COVID and, like, and a fucking war. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I can only I'm imagine like, the shit that they're going through. Yeah, the fact the fact that they started development on this like after the Russian invasion and have just been like really pouring their hearts into this and i'm just like fucking bravo like i'm so i'm so proud of the, like i don't i don't know any of them i have no fucking affiliation i i you know i donated to their kickstarter i just i just support them so much i'm just like i love what you're doing i'm so proud of you guys just i just i want i want more of these games to exist like i want just you know and they've been they've been fucked over in so many ways before with the whole sinking city debacle too um with their like publisher bullshit mm -hmm. but like yeah i'm just like keep at it guys so uh yeah i'll talk i'll talk about that more in detail probably at a later podcast because i also haven't finished the game yet i'm very i think i'm on like the second to last chapter very cool but i'm very yeah, close, i'd like but... you to digest to digest it because i i always like hearing you go into your opinions of um, oh yeah of I that mean, series so i'm probably gonna play it a second time like immediately after i finish because I just, I'm like, I know I know already, like, different things that I want to try to do that I haven't done yet. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, 
And then last but not least, uh, James and Lee uh, introduced me to Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust on Friday. Yes. Yeah. And um, my my thought, I, very succinctly, my thoughts can be summarized with um, probably some of the most gorgeous looking animation I've ever seen, both in terms of the character designs are gorgeous, the animation itself is gorgeous, the background art yeah. is like a, like a league of its own. I, yeah. I've genuinely, I'm probably like, I don't think I've ever seen background art as beautiful and like breathtaking as this stuff oh yeah it's your rea- your so reaction good. your reaction when they got to carmela's castle was yeah. like okay stop everything <laughs> yeah i was just i was genuinely just like holy fuck um and also it highlighted for me the importance of audio mixing <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get is... into a lot of that some yeah, point, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I won't. I won't get too into it. But it's, it's audio mix it's, is terrible, and the version we had had no subtitles, so Cat was yes. completely lost on the plot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could follow pretty much everything that was like a scene with action. Like they, they they a lot of visual storytelling happened that I could yeah. keep up with. Where I was like, okay, I understand that he's coming to her to talk about this thing, or like that this thing is probably happening. But then there were scenes where it was like talking heads, and I was genuinely just like. I don't, I have no idea why this turned into a shootout, because I have no idea what was just fucking talked about. <laughs> yeah, and that's, when you get around to re-watching it, mm-hmm. uh, those talking head scenes are, like, usually some of the best of the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. As much of as much as it, it's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, a vampire bounty hunter, and, you know, a team of, of mercenaries, and they've all got cool weapons. It's like the best scenes in that movie are just, like, Layla and Dee talking about, like, how shitty life is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I will never I will never get tired of um, laughing at Dunpeel. <laughs> Dunpeel. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a fucking Dunpeel hunter. Yeah. I was like, I was like guys, what is a Dunpeel hunter? <laughs> <laughs> I need some context. <laughs> this is the only word that I keep picking up when they're talking, and I'm like the fuck does that even mean <laughs> yeah and then 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 when i told you about it you were like oh my god yeah yeah it's great for those of you it's, not it's damn know, fair. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a it's a it they translated the word dampier in english to japanese and then back to english and it got translated to dunpeel <laughs> yeah it's great it's great so just just drag bug or drug drug bag fuck <laughs> drug bag fuck drug bag, drug bag fuck. fuck yeah yeah oh. <laughs> so I guess on the segue of uh, uh, shit that we can't really talk about too much because it's future Gooncast stuff. Uh-huh. Again, I mentioned I, I've been playing more Resident Evil Four. I mm-hmm. have opinions. Yeah, I'll get to those too. opinions when we discuss the thing. Oh, oh baby, can't uh, wait! <laughs> there's another one where similarly I was an impatient fuck, and uh, I watched Kaguya First Kiss. No! Uh, I'm not going to say anything about it outside of just, you I monster. watched it subbed. That's, I mean, it, it's fitting. I, I watched the whole thing subbed before you guys saw it. I couldn't wait, goddammit. I've been waiting That's... forever. Uh, but I, I'm not saying a thing on it. Uh, okay. And then the last thing is... Uh, we're, waiting, we're waiting for the dub, right? Yes, we're waiting okay. for the dub. Because you guys want to see it dubbed. 
Uh, I love the narrator. The last thing is I played Demonologist, which is the new Faz clone. Oh, wait. Uh, it's it, a new thing? Yeah, it just came out like a week or two ago. Hmm, okay. It is brand new. Uh, it uh, basically is just Faz, but in a different engine with, uh, you know, it has some of the Faz clone things where it has too many fucking ghost types. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, some quirks with the mechanics that are a little wonky. I do appreciate that every single one of the tools has its own unique design as compared to, like, all your typical Faz clone shit. Like, the EMF reader is actually this hodgepodged piece of shit homemade thing it, it, that is powered by a cockroach for some reason, uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, it's okay. a little too grindy in terms of how much money uh equipment costs and how much money you get per contract and how much experience you get per contract and what's locked behind x level and everything like that mm -hmm. but one of the things that it does that is kind of unique that i think is really cool is it has a lot of uh easter eggs that are tied to voice detection i'm not entirely sure the purpose of a lot of them yet but like for example the abandoned house map if you go into a specific room and look at a specific object in, say, Victoria, the room opens up and you get access to an additional room. And it's like, that's kind of cool. Or similarly, uh, there's a in the second map, there's a mirror in the bathroom. And if you say Bloody Mary three times at it, a jump scare happens. It's like, that's kind of cool. This mm -hmm. is evolving the formula slightly. Uh, I've only played about four hours of it. It's definitely one of the better Faz clones, but... Okay. It's still not quite Faz, but it is scratching that itch of, I want more Faz, and Faz isn't providing it, because mm. the content drip is way too fucking slow. Mm. But I've only had four hours of time with it. We'll see if it kind of lasts, or if it's gonna fall off the sure. one side. It, doesn't, mm -hmm. it yeah. doesn't really have that more unique perspective mm -hmm. that Obsidio had, where, like, Obsidio is far jankier, but yes. the fact that, like, Everything like, evidence like Boomen. or Boomen or forewarned, where it's like yeah. it's a lot more unique. This is mm -hmm. it, it's not quite as say blatant of a Faz ripoff as say Ghost Exile or mm -hmm. even Ghost Watchers, where it, it has a high school that literally uses the exact same fucking assets as Brownstone yeah. High School. Which um, like, which like at the end of the day, it is an asset pack that people can use. But like, come on, y'all, we know um, what you're doing. We know, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 not quite to that level of just it. This is blatantly one to one, just Faz under a different name and and some mm. shittier mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, but it it does have its own unique quirks that are either positive or negative, and I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on it to see if it's if it evolves into something cool or if it just peters out like uh uh all the other bullshit uh mm -hmm. on 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 also that note i haven't played it recently but like the uh that ghost hunters core slash ghost exorcism inc that first faz clone that we all played that was very janky oh, yeah. and not very good oh uh, yeah it, i haven't played it in years and it's got a lot of updates but the i i'm probably going to be touching it again soon because it just recently got an update that adds multiple entities on an investigation if you want to enable it. And it's like, that's something that a lot of people have been requesting for Faz or a Faz clone in a while, like multiple ghosts mm -hmm. haunting a single location. And it's like, that sounds neat, 
I'm sure it's executed not very well here, but I'm <laughs> curious to give it a try again. Yeah, that's the spirit. Fun. Yeah, yeah. It it should be uh it should be pretty great. It should be great, and by great I mean terrible. You know, and uh, any anybody in the Discord or you know you two or anybody who has it who wants to give it a go, feel free to join me. I'm going to be revisiting it at some point because I want I want to oh, see yeah. where all of these. Yeah. All of these ghost games have come, how far they've gone since uh, outside of like Faz and Forewarned and more recently Boomin. Uh, I've kind mm-hmm. of like played a couple times and then drop it because they're mostly very undercooked mm-hmm. and just very clearly a a rushed attempt at copying Faz. I definitely feel like I want to play um, Boomin again because it was really fun. And yeah. also that, that weird Exorcist one that was... Fade retro? Cl- clearly very unbalanced. Yes. But I think there could still be, like, some fun to be had. Yeah, really. I, I want to give that another go. Uh, I, I bo- uh, There's another PvP-esque game that I want to go at. Uh, ideally, if we can get a full squad, which would require eight people, called Midnight oh. Ghost Hunt. Yes. I've only yes, played that play once, that but it's pretty neat. It's basically, mm-hmm. like, ghost prop hunt. And it's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, that's that, that one definitely was like on my radar. Yeah, sure. it's I, I, I wanna see where where this genre goes outside of mm-hmm. just let's copy Faz. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love me some Faz, but it's it's content trip is too slow. I loved mm-hmm. me some Forewarned, but like one of the more recent issues that I've kinda had with Forewarned is they added this banishment ritual phase to the end. And, mm. uh, like, you can do it, and you can get more experience and money by completing it, but, uh, it's really boring, and once you've done it once, it's like, this yeah. is, like, it's just stand at an altar and wave a torch at spooky mummies or crocodiles to prevent them from touching the altar for, like, two minutes, and maybe, maybe, maybe three minutes if it's mm. on hard, and it's like, okay. this is, this is a neat idea, but it's very half-baked in its execution. It's I want I want to see more of this shit. I just don't want to see like you know fucking old booty bullshit over and over again. That's true. All right. Sounds like some potent things we've been up to. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we? Uh, shall we call it here? Yeah. I think uh, in in summary, uh, Mithrigan, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, mid, I'm not... mid Thregan. Mid Thregan. Mid Thregan. Tetris, excellent. And um, Lee, don't put that in your body. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I, no, dead ass. And, dead ass. And, I, and feel, I feel really shitty right now. Oh, no, oh, Lee. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, and also, and Hecate, also, your game choice is slap. Or Hecate is bread and butter. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hecate, where can we, where can other people find you if, if you want oh, them man. to find you? If you care to do so, you can find me on Twitter at yikes.gov, Y-E, Y, yeah, Y, oh, well, we fucked that one up. Yeah, all Y-I-K-E. Right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I can't spell, uh, Y-A, Y-I-K-E-S-D-O-T-G-O-V. Um, mm-hmm. um, and also, and also find you in RuneScape. You can find me on RuneScape, but um, I will leave that one as an exercise to the reader what my IGN is. Um, but I'm around pickpocketing Knights of Ardoin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, so uh, um, I guess the sign-out yeah, stuff. I'm Kat, aka the Attack Cat. Um, 
fucking I might come back to Twitch and I say that like every time we do a fucking podcast. Yeah, it's I'm been sorry, about a year everybody. and a half of that. The the only thing that will bring me back is just like trying to garner more support for Frogwares. So I might be back just to be like, hey, I'm gonna platinum uh Sherlock Holmes the Awakened and come hang out with me and maybe donate money to like a Ukrainian charity or something. I don't know. That's the only thing that will bring me back. <laughs> Hell yeah. And this has been your boy, Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. Uh, enjoy me while you have me until about June 3rd when Street Fighter 6 comes out, when I <laughs> abandon all of my responsibilities to simp shamelessly for my girl Cammy. Yeah, and then yeah, maybe yeah. you will catch me on Twitch uh, with uh, with my girl in the labs. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Some pro, pro Cammy uh, prep. We'll Spoilers, see. There, there might be a Street Fighter related podcast to celebrate mm. the game slash Lee's abandonment of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have until then to uh, complete my master stroke, as I am calling it, uh, a secret project. We will see if it is if it is ready by then. <laughs> but uh, stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm James, also known as Saber Zero Three Zero Seven. Obviously, if you're here, you know where to find me. I don't know why I pitch this shit anymore. You know where I am. Get fucked. Bye. I need a hero. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs>